And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Welcome, folks, to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. You feel it? You feel it in the air? Folks, we broadcast live every weeknight, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, except for tomorrow. We're just going to be flying out of town. No, tomorrow we have a special thing, something special lined up for you. We're going to be doing a marathon uh, or, or a, an extended program tomorrow. We're going to be doing six hours of broadcasting tomorrow. 6 p.m. Eastern to midnight Eastern, right here on the, right here on, from our studios. Um, we broadcast live, folks, every weeknight normally, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on Global Star Radio Network. Also, simulcast on Global Star Radio Network and BTR, Blog Talk Radio. We have two separate websites, don't forget. AgmanReport.com, that's for news information, things that, uh, you know, news stories that you need to know. Bookmark that as well as HagmanReport.com. There, all things show related. Um, boy, before we get started, I want to mention, I want to welcome OmahaSteaks.com. OmahaSteaks.com. Welcome as a sponsor. You, you know, struggling to find the perfect gift for someone, especially in the holidays, is uh, sometimes troublesome. And uh, getting the perfect. Uh, gift and avoiding the malls. Boy, that's a great bonus if you can do that. I found uh, I found something that everyone seems to like. I have not had anyone say, oh, no, no. I've had everyone say, oh, yes, yes, to Omaha Steaks. I want to welcome Omaha Steaks as a sponsor. OmahaSteaks.com, our coupon code HH. That's OmahaSteaks.com, our coupon code HH. And I'll tell you what you get when you, when you go there. If you go to Omaha Steaks right now, they're giving uh, an exclusive savings just for you, just for our listeners. And I, and I had to double check this because I, I thought, no, this couldn't be because I, I got the same thing. I and mean, it's kind of what turned me on the Omaha Steaks. I got anyway, uh, uh, two fillet mignons, two, two top sirloins, two boneless pork chops, four boneless chicken breasts, four kielbasa sausages, four burgers. Yes, twelve ounce package of all beef meatballs, four potatoes au gratin, one caramel, or four, I'm sorry, four apple. Oh, yeah, four caramel apple tartlets, one seasoning packet, Omaha steak seasoning packet. That stuff is really good. That's good stuff. And plus, four additional sausages, free. If you go to omahasteaks.com, enter my, my code HH in the search bar, add the, the family gift pack to your cart, you get 77% savings. It's guaranteed to be a hit. More on that later. But, but don't forget. But um, tomorrow, Joe, six hours worth of programming. We're going to do that. We were on three hours last night with Dave Hodges and Steve Quayle, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, how do you think that went? And, folks, did you catch that? It was, uh, it was our time with uh, Hodges on the Common Sense Show, Dave Hodges and Steve Quayle. How do you, how do you guys think that went? I mean, I can't, I can't hear people answering. Why, why can't I? I'm expecting to hear people answer, but I can't. 
No, it was a really, it was a good show. Um, we talked about election news and kind of a roundup of everything we've been seeing, um, in this election cycle. Yeah. All the craziness, um, and what potentially could happen tomorrow on election day. Um, and Steve was on there with us and, and you, me and Dave and it was a, a Steve was powerful last night. Yeah. Steve was powerful. Yeah, so folks, if you, if you happen to watch, uh, the Common Sense show last night, I think it was a pretty good show. I really do. I think we covered a lot of ground. You know, um, there's so much wrong with, with, uh, with things. Uh, how's everyone feeling out there? You feeling like, uh, we are going to retain our representative republic? We're going to lose our country? How, how do you feel? Do, do you feel like we are? headed for the yoke of tyranny through Clinton. I haven't talked to too many people today. I don't know if it's something in the air today or what it is. Um, I haven't talked to too many people who feel that Clinton's going to win or um, Trump is going to win. Uh, in fact, I've, I've talked to a lot of people who seem to be like walking on the ledge or looking for a ledge to, to, to hang over. Um, now, having said that, I, I do believe that we, you know, we are not to give into fatality mentality. <laughs> Seriously. Um, of course, over the weekend, yet another 180 by Comey. Having gone through 656,000 emails, he, he was able to do that. It's about one per second, but that's all right. They did it. Deciding that, no, nothing to see here. Move along, folks. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> they did that in about eight days, uh, the emails, and now... Well, it took them a year to do, uh, or 18 months, or however long it did, you know, for 30,000, so 656,000. I don't know if you saw this. What they the, had an extra hour Saturday, Sunday. The uh, State Department, this is from the Washington Examiner, the State Department tells the court it needs five years to review deleted Clinton emails. Um <laughs> <laughs> and these are emails that came out of their department <laughs> while she was head of that department. Wait a second, what? State <laughs> Department officials asked the federal court Monday to consider allowing them up to five years for review of 31,000 pages of emails recovered by the FBI during its year-long investigation of Hillary Clinton. That's right. That's uh, right. During the same hearing, the State Department admitted that the FBI provided 2,100 emails <laughs> from uh, Clinton's server that her legal team either deleted or withheld. Yep. The updates came from a Freedom of Information Act hearing Monday in a lawsuit filed by uh, Judicial Watch. Yep. So that's uh, yep. pretty interesting, uh, to say the least, that they want five years to review the emails. By the way, daughter Jackie is executive assistant, working out real well, um, She's, uh, she just came into the studio as well. Thank you all for your support of our program and being able to, to, uh, help us employ more people to help us do more things to help us get the message out because it's going to be one of those, it's going to be one of those years, I think. It's, it's, I think this is the start of something big. Joe, you know, I, I didn't mean to kind of divert you from that email idea, but I do believe that, uh, uh, we are going to be, I don't think this is the last of it. 
I don't think that we have even come close to the loss of it. What I want to know, and I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to get in this question, where in the hell are the uh, the people who said that they had the, or, or, and I believe they have, the actual um, goods, but, but why haven't they released them? That's what I want to know. It's a good question. And we talked about this last week and, you know, the possibilities of this happening with Comey, you know, again, covering up for Hillary Clinton. And what's interesting is, you know, since the first investigation, WikiLeaks have provided a number of important emails and insights into the Mm -hmm. Clinton campaign that not only show the intent that uh, Comey, you know, said wasn't there the first time, but they show so much more than that between the crimes, the uh, bribery, and, you know, what we talked about on Friday, the spiritual aspect of this. So it's um, eye-opening to see, you know, and you got to wonder, is this a political move? Did they do this in order to, you know, before the election, in order to give her a, or try to give her a final push? Because I believe if Hillary wins tomorrow, it will not be because the people voted that way. So wait a second. You, you, okay, so you're saying she's going to win through voter fraud? Is that what you're saying? If she wins, it'll have to be through, I believe. I mean, just based on everything we've seen, uh, you know, monitoring the Trump rallies and their um, amount of people that sh- attend the rallies versus Hillary Clinton's, the different uh, internet searches, the trending topics over the last month, and the number of the the amount of support Trump has gained in not only uh, the toss-up states but in democratic uh, in the past democratic states that have a history of voting democratically uh, in the Democratic Party in the last you know two elections three elections are turning towards Trump and you take all these into effect and I was looking at real clear politics they have the electoral college um, polls up there and they've had these up there for since the end of the primaries. Right. But what's interesting is what's changed. I'm going to pull it up here. In the Electoral College Real Clear Politics polls, is they, they've that increased at first, for, Clinton, for, uh, Trump. Yeah, they do yep. the Electoral College uh, map, which is different from the popular vote. And when we started this, I think Clinton was up 159 yep. point spread. Now yep. it was 99 last week. Now it's 39 this week. So I think that's very telling. And, you know. If we but, can believe any of this. Right. Because I, I think we're being gamed uh, from, you know, I, people are so sick of talking about this. And, and I know you're so sick of hearing about this. I, I, I get it. I, I'm right there with you. Um, but we have to because it is, I believe we have to because it's, it, uh, I, I believe in the power of prayer and I believe in the, in the power of all of us working together and being able to expose this. By the way, uh, before I go any further, I do want to mention two portions of the nice broadcast brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Yes, Zip Recruiter. Oh, my goodness, what a great company. Folks, are you hiring? Are you doing a small business? If you're hiring, you always want to find the best candidates. That's That's 100%. Well, Zip Recruiter's got this wonderful interface where you can post the job that you have once and um, you can you can manage all the applicants through this fantastic interface I've used it it is a hundred percent I mean it, it is like something I've never seen before in terms of easy to use and makes things things really light or really uh, uh, easy to use and, and really uh, efficient so go to uh, folks uh, 
Our listeners can go post jobs for free right now. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. That's right. You can try it for free. Try it out for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. More, more on that as we get into the program. But, but you know, this is something we do have to, to really kind of hash out here. But I was thinking earlier today, Joan, I want to, I want to get your opinion on this. And folks, you can go to CanadaFreePress.com. And I'm pushing, or pushing you, I'm telling you about where to go on this, CanadaFreePress.com, because it seems like people just don't care anymore. Uh, what I did was I tried to distill everything I could find. I set a 500 word limit for myself. Okay. 500 words on the emails. Like, if every, the most important stuff that I can think of with respect to Hillary Clinton's emails in 500 words or less. I think it came at like uh, 489. I, I don't know. It was, it was close without the title. But I broke it down in three sections of the law, Hillary Clinton's defense, and the summary of findings. With respect to the emails, and people are, again, so, so sick and tired of hearing about this, they think it's this just some big BS stuff. If you go to CanadaFreePress.com and click on the title, Refuting Clinton lies, facts, past facts about Hillary's email. Um, and, and share this with, with people you know, please. Because I, I, I'd like to see this get traction. It's only got four comments. Again, people, you know, what's, what's, what, what's up with this? Uh, but the, uh, every government employee who takes a, or has a top security clearance signs an F, uh, form SF312. It's pretty straightforward. You can find if you just type in the search engine SF three twelve SF dash three twelve. You'll you'll be able to find a copy of it. You can read it, but it tells you how to to handle classified information, and it tells you pretty much what happens if you don't handle it right. Not you, you don't get your your hand spanked. You don't get a free pass by Comey. No, no. Mm-mm. You go to jail. It's pursuant to Executive Order thirteen five twenty six. But anyway. Hillary Clinton's defense, of course, is the fact that nothing came through, or she never knowingly sent or received any uh, classified documents, or documents with classified markings or designations. We'll read the agreement, because it, the form makes that defense irrelevant. So, what did she do? Well, Secretary of State, in direct violation of that form, folks, she never used a .gov address. She used multiple addresses on a private server. That's a big no-no. Um, during the Benghazi hearings, of course, Congress found that she was using the private server, and they, they figured, oh, it's got to be around 60,000 emails, which is a low figure. And I made everything low just because... Just, just because. Well, she was subpoenaed told to turn over the emails she said no nah, no nah, just just all i'm gonna go through them we're gonna go through them in fact cheryl mills my attorney and we're gonna go through them we're gonna give you the ones that are work related she dictated the terms of this joe you know this so about thirty thousand were about yoga and stuff wedding cakes and pizza parties wink wink nod nod and the the rest, uh, you know, were business. Um, 
so she ordered her aides to delete 33,000 emails out of about 60,000. 60, the numbers, again, much higher. So in Hillary Clinton, too, would you remember, remember, Joe, remember her saying, you know, it's kind of bulky for me to carry two devices, so I just want to carry the one device. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember uh, her saying that. Yeah, you know, she, you know how many devices she carried during her 10 years as Secretary of State? Not at once. I understand this. Don't, don't yell at me. 13. I find these numbers, by the way, very interesting. You know. But she lied. <laughs> she lied. No, say it ain't so. She lied. So then I, I, I figured she forwarded classified information knowingly to her daughter, Chelsea. But she lied. Say it ain't so. Well, here's the deal. There's six laws that she violated. And first of all, she violated the the section 793 of the U.S. Espionage Act. That's a given. So, because and they don't care about intent. <laughs> the Espionage Act doesn't. It doesn't say if you didn't really right. didn't mean to do it. Now, don't worry about it. Uh, Zero Hedge has a, a good article on their site that uh, runs through some of this stuff. As it's titled. I just lost all faith in our deeply corrupt legal system. Yeah. Where he cites two specific examples of people who mishandled classified information and for that had their security clearances revoked and faced criminal charges. Did you, did you hear about the kid? And you and I not, haven't spoken about this. This young kid is aboard a submarine. It took a pic, six, six pictures on his cell phone. One of a treadmill. I mean, all these pictures innocuous. And his mother was on, uh, Fox and Friends. I can't remember if it was Friday or anyway. His mother was on Fox and Friends. He's he's in jail because the background of the pictures show parts of the submarine that are classified. The technology on on those pictures is thirty five years old, and this guy and this young man is sitting in jail, can never vote again, and he's going to be in jail for a while. Yeah, that's crazy. But Hillary flipping Clinton, the yak, the witch, gets a flipping pass on this. No problem, right? Uh, you know, uh, you think I'm, you think I'm a little bit peeved. I mean, look, there's, I just want to say there's six violations of, of, of Title 18. On uh, both on the Hagman Report, and, but comment on on Scanna Free Press if you want. Which brings me to this: tomorrow we're going to be having the six hours of coverage in conjunction with CanadaFreePress.com. In fact, they're going to stream our program on CFP, and Judy's going to join us for you know hop in now and again, right? And mm-hmm. uh, Judy McLeod, the, the uh, senior editor, and, and you might say, well, wait a second, what's Canada got to do with the American elections? Well, they've got a bird's eye view of everything, because why? Because they're higher than we are. If you look at a map, they're higher. And, uh, <laughs> but no, they, they've got, she's got a lot of contacts, and, um, there's a lot of things going on. Uh, she's good. And then, uh, we're going to have some surprises for you tomorrow. It's kind of like Alex Jones, but uh, in terms of, you know, how they have the 52 hour marathon, but it's going to be a little bit shorter. We don't have the staff. We don't have the money. And frankly, I don't have the stamina. We don't have like, you know, 50 people to, to man the uh, cameras and the, and the, uh, sippy on the microphones. 
But no worries. No worries. We'll get it. And I was on Jones. Yeah, I, you guys knew that. That was Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. But Wednesday um, and Friday. Yeah, Wednesday and Friday. And thanks for your kind comments, everybody. Okay, so um, so th- th- there we have it. So um, I, I just want to point at people, point people to uh, Canada Free Press article because you can comment on, raise its uh, elevate its visibility, and uh, at least hope I hope upon hope that someone really cares, still cares about the rule of law. Apparently, apparently many Christians don't, and. Um, Yeah, apparently a lot of Christians don't care about the rule of law, or they do. They say they do, but they really don't. <clears throat> Sometimes and I wonder if they're, they're not trying to bring the a quick uh, in. programming note. Uh, just today, we're going to have Josh Tully come on in hour two Oop. to give us his take on the elections and what we're seeing in the news today and, and any predictions for tomorrow. And then uh, from USA Watchdog, Greg Hunter will be with us in the third hour, and we're going to talk about election news and um, some of the things that happened again with the FBI and uh, other things we saw over the weekend pertaining to the Clinton email scandal and the election. Um, an interesting piece of news from yesterday about the president. He went and to the public it's told all the illegals to make sure that they get their ballot in and then issued a reassurance to them if they did vote that they would not uh, nobody was going to go after illegals who illegally voted in this country basically giving them uh, permission to go vote and I guess you know with the right information they can vote wherever they want as many times as they want um, which is something that you know you'd never think you'd see a president do, uh, but Obama did cross that line, and <laughs> it's just well, my well, Why do I even, I mean, okay, you, you know, it, there are no lines for him, the, nothing, I mean, he colors outside the lines, he walks over lines, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, it'll definitely will be an interesting 36 hours, the next 36 yeah. hours, to say the least. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of wondering out there. Um, well, I don't know. I, I, I'm just wondering if if people ha- have indeed lost hope or if people think that, uh, um, or if people are, are renewed with hope. Um, I, I, again, I, I'm, I'm, I want to send the search party out for the people who I know had information. I know they had the, I know they had the goods. The heck are they waiting for? It's past time. Yeah, they're not waiting for anything. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't understand it. I, you know, we talked about this last week. Um, about the possibility of this happening, and uh, it's not a surprise. We've talked about it on this show at length, Comey's extensive history in the Clinton circle, yeah. his uh, family's ties to the Clintons, the money they received, yeah. and that yeah. you know the uh, federal government inside is you know completely sold out and corrupt, and it has been for a while. And these are just people protecting their own. Now, the real question is, where is the NYPD 
And where are these, you know, so-called patriots? That's, again, insiders? That, that, that's where I don't think we're going to see those either. I don't, I don't know. Um, you, you know, Steve last night was kind of on, on the mark on Dave Hodges' program. And thanks to Dick uh, for sending the email. Uh, calling it a show, what we do is kind of demeaning in a sense, uh, is what the emailer Dick was saying. And I tend to agree with him on that. Um, it's a habit. It's a habit. But anyway. What we have one thing that, and Steve drove this on, we, we've got one thing that the enemy doesn't, and that's the power of prayer. That's the power of prayer. And you know, we can use that, all of us use that. But, but the fact is, well, I mean, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving up. And, and we know that one man's not going to be able to change the world anyway. The change has got to come from the bottom up and change from within each of us. We're going to have to, and, and you know, even, even with a Trump win, we would have so much of, we would have so much to, to do. We still would have so much to do. Hillary win, so much to do. And you know, Joe, if, uh, if we preach in a way or state, assert, claim that really there's no difference between the Republicans and Democrats, and it shouldn't really matter who gets in the office. Except I think this is a little bit different because in this case you have an obvious difference between the two candidates. You've got Supreme Court, uh, a Supreme Court vacancy and more to come. You've got ostensibly on the right, you've got this man that's con- conservative. And, uh, his only, um, and his only basis really the, you know, he doesn't have the oil base or the bankers base behind him. His only base really is the evangelical base and they've abandoned him in many cases. But nonetheless, we have the power of prayer behind us. So, and we better repent, uh, and pray for this country and for Israel. And that's what we need to do. So. Folks, you're listening to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Today is Monday. We are going to the break. When we come back, we're going to hit some more news. And into Hour 2, Josh Tolley will be joining us from the Josh Tolley Show. Uh, visit his website. Uh, Josh is a, a friend and frequent guest on this program. He's an author and radio show host. And then USA Watchdog, Greg Hunter, will be our guest oh, in yeah. the third hour. And we're going to get into a deeper look at the um, what's going to happen, what has happened already, and what is going to happen in this election cycle just 24 hours before about the polls close here tomorrow. We'll be right back. Stay with us. This edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. It is election eve. That's right. Are we on the fast track? We, I, I really think we are on the fast track of, uh, something. I don't know what it is. Thank you, Bob and Maggie. Happy birthday, Bob. Belated birthday wishes to Bob. But, uh, you know, if, 
God's on our side. If God's on our side, who can be against us? And we never give up. And I don't care if, you know, that's the one thing about us, uh, all of us, you guys, each of you listening and watching, we don't give up. Now, no matter what happens, we might be wounded, we might be limping, we might have a you know sore paw. Kind of like uh, Lady of the Studio Dog. She's fine, by the way. She, I, I put a picture up on Facebook. Um, her and I were, we, it just got too much. I mean, we were up like, you know, 24, 26 hours. I, I'm just getting too old for all-nighters. And, uh, but we went out and, and just kind of sat out outside and just said, you know, this is too much. She, she was all upset over the, over the programming, the, um, uh, television programming when she saw um when she heard about Comey she just went nuts but anyway yeah check uh, check our Facebook check our social networking go to hagmanreport.com or hagmanandhagman.com from either website you you can get a hold of our social networking I've got my own personal Facebook and Twitter the uh, Hagman Report's got their own I mean it's great we've got our own so on Facebook and Twitter as well follow us I I, I had a lot to say this weekend on Twitter believe it or not um some of it not so not so good but uh but, but but Joe and I were talking during the break about the illusion that's coming tomorrow I think that we're going to be part party to an illusion and I can't wait for the next 2 hours with Josh Tully coming up and uh Greg Hunter my goodness oh boy and and Joe um and John Robertson thank you so much thank you my buddy thank you John Robertson is a tremendous asset to the show um JD as well. Thank you both for everything that you do. You certainly don't get enough praise. Before we get to the show though, I want to tell you, uh, I, I was looking for really the perfect holiday gift for my wife, for, for actually for us. We were talking about this and we found Omaha Steaks. And, and folks, if you're struggling to find that perfect gift for someone who has it all, uh, and we feel like we have it all. I mean, we, we could be, you know, living in a box, but it just, we feel like we've, we've got it all. So, um, the holidays are fast approaching. Order gifts for everyone on your list with just a, cl- a click of a mouse. Get into the 21st century, they tell me. We'll do it that way. I tried this. I was kind of skeptical. I've heard about this in the past. I thought, you know, and I, I actually, my friend, uh, I was best man at his wedding a number of years ago. Invited me over, and uh, for for steak, and we had this wonderful steak. And I just I had asked, I didn't know where he got it. He said Omaha steaks, and and I kind of put it on my mind. But then uh, my wife and I were looking on the internet. We found Omaha steaks. We thought, ha ha, this is a great way to uh, fill up some of our hard to buy for people. And here's what we did: we ordered a, a, a starter pack, a beginner's pack. Um, and we loved it. We absolutely loved it. If you're looking for the perfect gift, let me tell you, Omaha Steaks, perfect. And for just $49.99, under $50, you can get my family gift pack. I feel like it's mine because I found it. Joe, you didn't find it. I found it. Eric, the tech, you didn't. Now, you, you were... 
you were grabbing at it. Now, it's our our family gift pack. Uh, uh, when you go to OmahaSteaks.com and enter our code HH in the search bar, that's 77% off. Folks, under $50, you get a tremendous amount of food. Right now, Omaha Steaks is giving an exclusive savings just to our listeners. Listen to everything that you will get for less than 50 bucks. You ready? Two filet mignons, and they just melt in your mouth. Delicious. Can you smell it? Here, smell the aroma. Oh, it's great. Two top sirloins, absolutely beautiful cuts. Two boneless pork chops, four chicken breasts, and let me tell you, they are, oh, they're the greatest. I mean, the chicken breasts alone, um, I could eat. I could make two or three meals on one chicken breast. That's me, okay? Four kielbasa sausages, four burgers, 12-ounce package of all-beef meatballs, which are fantastic. It's all fantastic. Actually. Four potatoes au grouten, four caramel apple tartlets. I had two. <laughs> the four, um, one Omaha steak seasoning packet plus. By ordering now, you'll get four additional kielbasa sauces just free. Folks, just go to omahasteaks.com, enter our code HH in the search bar, add the family gift pack to your cart, and get seventy-seven percent off. Seventy-seven percent savings. It's a gift. It's the gift that's guaranteed to be a hit. That's omahasteaks.com, HH in the search box. And again, you got everything I mentioned for under $50. You can't go wrong. And you know something? Treat yourself. Try it yourself first. I guarantee you. I got right. You know what? My wife, can we, here, Eric, give a shot on this. In this box, in this box right here, this is the, this is the, and actually it's cold. This is, this is the, the free sausage that we got. Right here. That's right. Free kielbasa. If you're watching this, you can see it. If not, then you can't. But, uh, no. And it comes packaged really nice and it's just a really cool thing. And, and when we were at my, when we met at my, my home, uh, I have to, I, I guess we're gonna have to put a lock on the freezer. Joe and Eric, they, they go in and they're looking, where is it? Where is it? Come on. <sighs> OmahaSteaks.com, search bar HH, under 50 bucks, you can't beat it. Right, so, yeah, Jumping back into some news here, uh, there's two pieces of interesting information coming out of Fox and News, <clears throat> and I want to hit the non-election one first. This has to do with Benghazi, and the new information about Benghazi is pretty interesting. They're saying that people who were hired by the State Department were the ones who initially uh, launched the attack. An obscure private firm hired by the State Department over internal objections to protect U.S. diplomats in Benghazi just months before the American ambassador and three others were killed was staffed with Recruited local officials with terror ties to help carry out the attack. Multiple sources have told Fox News. The explosive charge against Wales based Blue Mountain Group comes from several sources, including an independent security specialist who has implemented training programs at U.S. consulates around the world, including in Benghazi, where he trained a local militia that preceded Blue Mountain. The source who spoke on the condition of anonymity said Blue Mountain used local newspaper ads to assemble a team of 20 guards, many of whom had terror ties after securing a $9.2 million annual contract. 
the guards who were hired were locals who were part of the Ansar, Al-Sharia, and Al-Qaeda groups operating in Benghazi, said the source. And there's a, a secondary source here, um, a CIA contractor that responded to the attack in Benghazi is the co-author of 13 Hours, the inside account of what really happened in Benghazi, confirmed to Fox News that the local Libyans who attacked the consulate that night included guards working for Blue Mountain. And he goes on to give his account there in the Fox News report. And what's interesting is this all happened under the tenure of Hillary Clinton as the uh, Secretary of State. And she is the one who, uh, they are the ones who hired the security here from Blue Mountain and according to this report, Blue Mountain had no employees when it secured the $9.2 million contract and had to hurry up and fill those positions. And the background personnel of uh, these people were not vetted. They were never looked at to see what kind of ties they had to terrorism or uh, other allegiances, and that's according to the State Department now and uh, the information that's come out. But uh, if this is true, it's definitely another piece to the puzzle as far as uh, what happened in Benghazi uh, on September 11th, 2012, as the U.S. ambassador and three others were killed. Now, you know something, I'm not sure I like the um, language used or the term, I shouldn't say language. (laughs) To me, that demeans the men who fought valiantly for, um, you know, when when they say, and and I'm not picking on you or, or saying this against you, I'm I've seen so many places say the American ambassador and three others. Well, number one, the three others have names, and number two, the three others, two of the three, fought to their deaths for 11 hours. And I don't think they get a lot of credit um, in in the way people, the, the way the writers write these articles, I guess is what I'm saying. But, yeah, um, I just want to remind people, Glenn Doherty, you know, and... Uh, uh, no, I apologize for getting the names, for getting the names, but uh, but uh, we we should always remember their names. Um, absolutely. And switching gears here to another Fox News report. This one linked off Drudge DHS report: hackers could meddle with election results. This is uh, important. This is from an older security report, and and Fox put some. Uh, some of the latest information out there. Elements of America's election infrastructure potentially are vulnerable to hacking and other cyber intrusions that could impact the ability of voters to cast ballots on election day or m- manipulate unofficial election night data. Yep. Whatever that means, according to a Department of Homeland Security report. And the DHS, uh, they say we assess multiple elements of U.S. election infrastructure are potentially vulnerable to cyber intrusions. The risk to U.S. computer-enabled election system varies from county to county between types of devices used among processes used by polling stations. Uh, they talk about targeted intrusions against individual voter registration databases and uh, are possible, although the uh, effective ability to manipulate uh, that's not the route to go they say but they DHS issued a report cyber threats and vulnerabilities to US election infrastructure explained that some states have started migrating to the cloud with systems that report election results to the general public and media and i can imagine that instead of you know going in and hacking each individual county in different states uh, counties in different states that you would wait until the numbers are gathered and, you know, why hack uh, 700 machines, you know, uh, individually when you can just hack 
the one that counts the the votes. Well, uh, if you know what you're doing, I guess exactly. But uh, but if wouldn't that leave more witnesses? I mean, let's think about this a little bit. Wouldn't that leave more witnesses? Hacking one machine versus yes, only because you know, for example, if you've got fifty team leaders that you know they know they're turning in. Uh, certain, well, I guess, okay, maybe that's the question we should be asking. Do the people at the precincts know the tallies? Do we know that? Well, and if we, I don't, imagine if they, we don't know that, why don't we know that? At the, each individual precinct, but when you have the media as part of the arm of Hillary Clinton's campaign and protecting her every step of the way, why wouldn't they, I mean, if they were going to steal the election for Hillary, the media would certainly put on a, a unified front. And um, what I think is all this talk about hacking comes from the possibility, you know, what if Trump actually wins the election, but they still, you know, in their attempt to steal it, they did not um, do what they needed to do. Therefore, they have room to say, well, this was hacked. Right. You know, yep. Yep. how do you know that Trump wins? They won't turn around and say, well, that's not the accurate tallies. Um, well, and that, that's what, before the show, that that's kind of what we were talking about. This particular uh, article, I think we're being prepped to, uh, to, to question, as I've said before, the legitimacy now of, of the results, especially if Trump wins. And, and frankly, folks, look, I don't know if Trump win, is going to win or not. I really don't know. I do sus, I've got my suspicions. I'm not going to say them out loud, but I have my suspicions. But, but here's the thing. And if I can just interject this, the reason I'm, I'm kind of in a light-hearted mood right now today, in case you haven't noticed. No, it's, I'm not on drugs. No, no, no. We have, we're going to have work to do regardless. We are going to have work to do. It doesn't matter who wins. The work that is going to be before us, we're going to have a lot to do. And especially if Hillary wins, we are going to have, we're going to have to work that much harder, I believe, anyway, and that much smarter. Trump, I think we're still going to have work to do because we're going to be fighting elements within the, within the Leviathan of the government. Um, I, I do think that we're going to have to be smarter than the average bear out there. We're not going to, or else we're going to get stamped on. But I believe that, uh, I believe we can do it. I, I really do. I think if we all work together, we can do this. We can win. And by winning, I mean, we can leave a, a good legacy for not, not our, not just ourselves, but our family. But go ahead, Joe. You know, didn't, I mean, we're talking, but, but that's important though. I think, I think they're setting us up for this question of questioning, okay, Hey, is this the right, are these the right numbers? Um, can we believe what we're seeing? Can we believe our lying eyes? Yeah, absolutely. There's an interesting article on the Daily Caller, and um, we mentioned this on Hodges last night, about uh, Hillary Clinton preparing a fireworks show in New York City on Election Day. Well, it's being reported now by the Daily Caller, Hillary Clinton cancels the victory fireworks show. Um, she had scheduled for Tuesday night in New York City, Though the Democratic nominee was planning to celebrate the outcome of the election with two minutes of pyrotechnics over the Hudson River, the Coast Guard said her campaign scrapped their plans on Monday. According to TMZ, Clinton Camp reached out on Thursday to say it wouldn't be showing off the uh, aerial shells after all. Now, what reason? Um, they did not give a reason to the Coast Guard for the cancellation, and apparently 
nobody's been able to get a hold of the uh, campaign staff to ask why. But uh, didn't file a proper permits. <laughs> no, she asked. So they actually scrapped it. They called the Coast Guard and said they weren't going to do it. Um, and in 2012, Mitt Romney planned an eight-minute, 25,000 fireworks show over Boston to celebrate a victory over Obama that never happened, and he didn't even cancel his show. But obviously, there is uh, probably some other reason. They do, would do we know exactly why. when that was canceled? And again, the, the Romney? No, no. Uh, on on Thursday. So I Thursday last. Double check here. Yeah, they just. Right. Uh, Which the news hadn't broke about Comey. Yeah, Thursday. And, uh, all right. All right. You know, and, and you know, with all the heaviness, especially Friday's show, the heaviness with the Friday show, the satanic element to that, which still exists, and if you look deeper into it, it's validated many times over. And then, then to to get up. In fact, my, I was at the my office, and my wife called me, and she said, "What happened?" <laughs> I can't remember if that was Saturday or Sunday. The days just kind of run together. When, when did we wake up and find out that that was was it Sunday? Uh, find out what that uh, Comey issued some ridiculous statement that. Uh, I think he did that on um I can't remember Saturday I think it was All right because yeah I was um so it had to be Sunday morning I think or was it or maybe not I don't know but uh, I just remember getting the phone call whatever day it was and and um just thinking well you know um did, and did, how do you well, folks what do you think do you think somebody got to him do you think that uh, or do you think that this was just a big psyop and I know so I've got emails saying oh you, you fell for a psyop well, I don't believe so I believe that the NYPD and I have talked to a source at the NYPD who surprisingly I have not been able to reach since Sunday afternoon I think they I think they really had plans to to break some information but um um, and it was Sunday that it was. came out and announced the investigation. Uh, part two right. is uh, not going to continue. <laughs> well, it, it, look, it, it, Matthews, uh, Chris Matthews was using uh, phrases or terms like exonerated, innocent. No, that's not, that's not even close to being the case. Don't forget, um, she is going into the office. If she would be elected, she'd be going into the office with her foundation under five separate uh, investigations. And uh, uh, Joe, uh, bear with me a minute here because I had somebody ask me to repeat what I said initially in the first couple of minutes of, of when I was when we were on with Dave Hodges yesterday. But Hillary Clinton, as the first lady, was the first and only first lady ever to be, to come under criminal investigation. I'm just going to go through this really quick here. Uh, she was married to the first. She's the first lady to be married to the uh, the only president to be disbarred uh, and sanctioned and fined $850,000. She was married to the first and only president to be accused of rape and sued for sexual harassment. Now, this is interesting because on 49 different occasions while first lady between 1994 and 1996, Hillary Clinton gave Chinese agent Johnny Chung who is, by the way, is ultimately sentenced for violations of campaign finance laws. Personal access to her West Wing office. Remember, she had an office in the West Wing. Chung gave Hillary 366 grand for the DNC 
that was earmarked for the DNC in exchange for allowing Chinese delegations special access to the White House. And Chung later described the Clinton White House like a subway. You put coins in, you get access. That was published in the Los Angeles Times, November 8th, 1997. And while serving as the First Lady, and I found this really interesting, uh, under Hillary Clinton and the Clinton re- regime, 33 individuals and businesses were convicted or pleaded guilty to various crimes, and an additional 61 indictments and charges were filed against others. At least 122 congressional witnesses during that same time period pled or pleaded the fifth when testifying in front of Congress or various hearings and fled the country to avoid having to testify in criminal cases. 122 witnesses. Now, as the, as the Senator, New York Senator for, for the United States, this is important. Um, March 12, 2003, she opposed a bill to outlaw partial birth abortions. And then, you know, you saw that smirk, that Joker-like smirk uh, during the debates when she was debating Trump, and she stood next to him, and and he was describing a partial birth abortion, you know, saying, I don't want to be gross, but uh, she he described it, and and he said, you know, she was for this, and, he, and she was indicating it wasn't true. Now, we know the procedure is true, so what could she possibly mean that she wasn't for it? I don't, I, I don't know. And you know, she's, uh, well, in, in, um, on March 25th, 2005, while in New York's Center, Center for the State of New York, she voted against Unborn Victims of Violence Act. Uh, she pushed in 2006 increased funding for Planned Parenthood. She co-sponsored the Freedom of Choice Act with Barbara Boxer. And you know what, you know what happened? You know what the effect was? The effect was that forced you, ladies and gentlemen, the taxpayer, to fund abortion, abortions. And, um, you know, I could go on and on, but I, hopefully that gives you a good idea. Um, I, I think, and did you know, and I think I might have asked this before, did you know she had a, they, they had a house in, they have a house in Washington, D.C. It's a mansion in Washington, D.C. She was, uh, the only first lady to get caught running out of, you know, moving, uh, putting up a U-Haul and taking furniture out of the White House that belonged to the taxpayers, belonged to the, uh, uh, people of the United States. But those are minor things, of course, you know. She's entitled to that. 52,481 emails, John Podesta emails and counting, folks. So, oh, you know what, and, and I should, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that, uh, in 1978, 10 months, and you know this, folks, 1978, 10 months, she, uh, she actually turned $1,000 into $99,540 with the cattle futures deal. You know, you remember that. So, um, and Podesta, of course, you know, having all those emails, we know about him and the Center for American Progress, and if you've, Oh, did you see this? Part um, 34 was released by WikiLeaks just this evening. Okay, so now that's Plus the 8,000 DNC emails that were released over the weekend when apparently WikiLeaks came under a cyber attack. Oh, and Twitter too, yes. Uh, Twitter, WikiLeaks Twitter thing, yep. And there's there's an interesting article up on RT about uh, Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck um, apparently 
has done a, a complete 180, supports BLM and the, the Black Lives Matter, and opposes Trump. This is from an interview he gave to the New Yorker. Are you sure we're not being punked here? No, I'm sure. All right. Because uh, this, this election couldn't get any weirder. Glenn Beck tipped his hat to President Obama for making him a better man. The former right-wing pundit gave an interview to the New Yorker in which he disavowed some of his oh, previously man. held beliefs. Um, hey, hey, Glenn, call me. Seriously. He says Glenn Beck says he regrets calling Obama a racist and uh, said Obama has made me a better man. He also had some harsh words for Donald Trump, and um, apparently it's being reported here that uh, he also expressed his support for the anti-police brutality movement, Black Lives Matter, saying there are things unique to the African-American experience that I cannot relate to, and I had to listen to them. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, well, I'm not going to make fun of this. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't. Something no, happened I just think to, to Glenn Beck. Something yeah. very serious happened to him. Yeah, and, and I mean, I listen to his show uh, here and there when I when I'm in the car and I catch it. And he has been kind of all over the place, back and forth. You know, um, I, this election. I, you know, if if Glenn Beck was Glenn Beck, and and saying this stuff, that's one thing. But to have a couple of lackeys in the back, and I'm sorry, that's the way I look at them. Maybe that's maybe that's not the proper. They're unnecessary. They're yes men. They're just you know because when you and I disagree, we disagree. I mean, sometimes you know things get ugly. But to have, you know, to have a couple of people just do nothing but agree with the guy, to me that that's that's just uh, useless. I've never heard Stu and Pat disagree with Glenn Beck. Have you? I mean, no, not. Uh, not I'm sure they have at some point, but not that I can remember, and especially not in this election cycle. Um, Folks, when we come back, we're going to be joined by Josh Tolley of The Josh Tolley Show for the whole second hour, and then Greg Hunter from USA Watchdog right after that. It's going to be a great next two hours. And don't forget tomorrow, a six-hour broadcast starting at 6 p.m. on YouTube. We'll go into the show 7 to 10 p.m. on Global Star and Blog Talk and come back out for the last two hours again on YouTube in an uninterrupted six-hour stream. We'll be there. Uh, we'll be right back with Josh Tolley after this. Stay with us. Hagman Report. So glad you're joining us. Thank you so much for your belief and your trust in us. And you know what, folks? We we count on your support. Yes, we have sponsors, we have advertisers, but that pays some of the bills. We count on your support. We thank you for your support for keeping us on the air. We really appreciate that. And um, we're we're really working to expand tomorrow night. The six hours that's it took a little bit to kind of put together. Eric the Tech, when I talked to him, he said, yeah, I can do it. And then I'm, I'm, I, I came to the studio, and he's got, like, wires everywhere. And I'm thinking, why do you have to rewire everything? He said, leave me alone. Just leave me alone. You can follow him, by the way, at Real, at Real Tech Eric on Twitter. I think I, I, I almost got strangled by one of those uh, mic cords. Uh, I, I can show you. I, I did put it aside for evidence in the event that, you know, of my untimely demise. But, uh, but let me ask you, folks. 
well, our next guest, Josh Tolley, is going to be talking about so many things, the election, of course, but this guy knows business, and I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, when you get into business, you need to, to find people, that, that perfect hire. And are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? And posting your job in one place is not enough to find the quality candidates you need, and you don't want to mess and hassle with the, with phone calls, struggling phone calls. Have you, have you gone through that? Have you gone through that whole ugly process? Well, if you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your jobs on all the top job sites, and now you can with the least amount of hassle and the best interface you'll ever use to sort candidates, sort through candidates. You can rate them. You don't, you don't have to. I mean, it's all right there in one spot. I've used it. I've taken it for a test drive. This is fantastic. With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to a 100-plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with a single click. You can find candidates in any city, any industry, any, well, nationwide. Just post it once and watch your qualified candidates roll into the easy-to-use interfaces I described. It's a pleasure to use. You can rate them. You can put them aside. You can do It's just great. Again, no more juggling emails or calls to your office. The phone's not ringing off the hook. Your email box isn't being cluttered. My goodness. You can quickly screen candidates. Again, as I said, rate them. Hire the right person fast. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. Right now, our listeners can post their jobs, post jobs that your, your job needs, um, for free. Or, yeah, for free. Sorry. By going to ziprecruiter.com slash retrial. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen. If you're a business owner, you're looking for that perfect hire, listeners to this broadcast, take this down. You can post your jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ziprecruiter.com slash free trial. That's ziprecruiter.com slash free trial. One more time to try for free. Go to ziprecruiter.com slash free trial. It is worth the, the, it's, it's just worth it if you're hiring and it takes all of the headaches away from you. Now, Joe, this guy, our guest, Josh Tully, one of the finest men in terms of, well, just a, just one of the finest men I know. Um, we, we met him in person last year or this year. Yep. And spent some time with him and I was just amazed at the depth of knowledge. His depth of knowledge and his understanding of the process. He's got a radio show that he does on a daily basis. I do listen. Joe, I know you listen. Eric, Eric listens. Um, what a wonderful show he's got. Current events and his take on things is amazing, which is why we asked him for tonight on the eve of the election. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, Josh, thanks for joining us. Uh, welcome back to the Hagman and Hagman Report. It's great to have you on. Oh, guys, it is always great to be with you guys. It's a, it's an honor. You guys have a wonderful show. Well, thanks, brother. Yeah, you do as well. And now, Thank tell you. our listeners about about your show because we didn't really get get specifics. Give specifics. Yeah, no so worries. Tell. No worries. It's uh, it airs nine to eleven Monday through Friday, nine to eleven Central, ten to noon Eastern, Monday through Friday on stations all over the place. Uh, if there's not a station in their area. They can call a local station and say, hey, you need to get this guy, or they can listen on iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever they hear their favorite shows. Gotcha. All right, perfect. Well, let's start off with the obvious, if you don't mind. 
Where are we at with, with that? Where are we at with with everything going on here? And the, I mean, the headlines seem so dire. The uh, the do or die. The election seems like you know it is kind of like do or die. It seems As many people are. I think they're they're digging around in their drawers for their cyanide cap, you know, caplets. Uh, I mean, it's just it, 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 it's it's just got a weird feel to it. That this whole time period does. Um, yes, it does. Yes, it does. This whole thing, I, I cannot tell you how many people are opening up their Bibles just because of what they see is happening in the election. And I think that's great, whatever gets you to open up your Bible. But, yeah, this this thing is crazy. And what we're seeing with uh, the government's refusal to prosecute a criminal is just beyond me. It is absolutely outstanding. And, you know, it, it really kind of makes Game of Thrones and House of Cards look like kindergarten what we're actually seeing play out here man my wife said the same thing and i was it's talking true. to steve, you know i was talking to steve quayle this morning and i talked to him i think i talked to him every morning but but he he said his wife said something very similar to that um apparently they watch these or you know they're they know about these shows so um yeah uh but you've got you know you've got a, a great outlook and and you know that uh uh, well, just from your experience and your faith, uh, you, you know that, uh, well, we've, we've got a fight on our hands. I mean, regardless of who wins, we, we're, we're going to have yeah. an uphill battle. We've got a job to do. Yeah, I remember, you know, when I was on your guys' show a while ago, I was telling listeners, regardless of who wins, your government is going to get bigger. Donald Trump is a big government guy. He admits it. He kind of likes that that police apparatus. Uh, so just get ready for a bigger government regardless. But if Hillary wins, this is literally a criminal getting in the White House. Not, not kind of a criminal, not, you know, hey, she's kind of shady like all politicians. This lady is an absolute criminal. And I'm sure you guys know this, but I've spoken to Bill Clinton's ex-lovers. I've spoken to, uh, her hitman. I've spoken to the ex-secret service agent. Like, I've spoken to everybody around this woman. And they're all saying that she is cold. She's ruthless. She's calculating. And the fact that the FBI is changing their mind, the fact that Huma Abedin is not in jail, the fact that the maid is not in jail, the fact that Debbie Wasserman Schultz is not in jail. This thing goes so big, so deep, and then a lot of people are starting to email me saying, hey, Josh, is, is it possible that Hillary Clinton is the whore of Babylon and we've been mistaking it, thinking it was like the Catholic Church or the Vatican or something? Like, is it possible that, that it's Hillary Clinton? <laughs> the reality is, uh, great question. Because anybody who can get away with this, and, and not not get away with it and not go to jail, get away with it and get completely away with it and still run for president, something's wrong. And that means that this system is so corrupt that all these shows that we've been doing over the past year since we've both been on the air about, you know, hey, the government's corrupt, there's a shadow government, there's Satanists in the government, there's pedophiles in the government, this has proven all of that absolutely true. And, it, you know, as, as much as we love the vindication, the reality is that now the devil's in the hen house, and it, it looks like we're going to have to deal with that after tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, you know, what did you think, Josh, when you saw Comey open up the uh, email investigation again 
in, you know, you heard a number of people come out and say that there's a revolt in the FBI and all this other information and on top of the WikiLeaks information. What was your initial response after hearing Comey was opening the FBI investigation into her emails a second time? Well, my initial response was, hey, is it possible somebody might hold somebody else accountable here? But I, it came with doubt, too. You know, I'm like, eh, they're just going to possibly use this as a way to say, oh, well, now we did take a look, and, and we're double sure she's innocent or something. But we have to keep in mind that the FBI has never said she's innocent. When he made his initial statement in July, he said that she committed the crime over 110 times. That she, yes, she emailed classified information over 10 times top-secret information, so the FBI never cleared her. This this speaking point that she loves to point out, well, let's go back to their findings in July. Okay, lady, if we do that, you're going to prison because they said you're guilty. The only thing he said is that we're not recommending prosecution. Other than that, they found that she was guilty. But again, that that goes to show how deep and corrupt this system is, where you have the FBI director who is going back and forth, which isn't really surprising, because I remember I was on your show before and we were talking about how uh, Comey was on the board of HSBC. And while on the board of HSBC, he gave tens of millions of dollars to a certain charity called the Clinton Foundation, and then he happens to end up the director of the FBI. So I never really thought she was going to face the music on this anyway. And that's part of the reason why, if Donald gets in, Donald's got to be careful because if, if he's if he's truly sincere about uh, appointing a special prosecutor and going after this, they're going to go after him. And you're seeing resignations being handed in in the FBI. I've spoken with people in the FBI. I've spoken with U.S. Marshals. I've spoken with even local law enforcement who are saying if she's not going to go to jail for something, or at least if somebody's not going to go to jail for something, we're going to resign because obviously we're not enforcing the rule of law here. This is extremely selective, extremely elitist, and why even bother arrest the, the 16-year-old kid with a dime bag, dime bag of marijuana when the person who's running for president couldn't pass an FBI background check? Very true. And, and you know, I, I heard something uh, from Trey Gotti. Um, I, I don't remember who asked Trey Gotti this: uh, whether the president has to pass a background check. And they don't. Gowdy, you, you, yeah, I was uh, I was really amazed. Gowdy said the ultimate background check happens on election day. Yeah, and, and I just I, I thought, wow. Um, just, just wow. Okay. Not well, only, not only does the president not have to uh, pass a background check, nobody who is elected has to pass a background check. Right now, you have over a hundred members in Congress who wouldn't pass an FBI background check to be a janitor because of their ties with terrorist organizations. Yet they're sitting on boards like the Intelligence Committee, the Ways and Means Committee, the Armed Services Committee, and they couldn't be a janitor in Langley if they actually applied because they have known terrorist associations. Exactly. Now, Josh, I've got to ask you this. I mean, we, we've got, man, we got so much to cover, but out of all of the crimes, and I mean crimes, these are not scandals, these are crimes, uh, by Hillary Clinton. What do you think, from from the most severe 
downward uh, uh, to the least severe in, in your estimation are we looking at here um what would you what would you attribute like the the the, the worst case i mean the worst crime if that's even possible to even triage her criminal activity but uh what would you well first you have the suspected crimes so you have the suspected crimes like murder uh we have a, a list of bodies piling up behind her like nobody's business then you have the suspected crimes of uh, being okay with human trafficking due to some of her pay for play contributions and then you have suspected crimes dealing with over a hundred million dollars of cocaine money going back to her days as first lady in, in arkansas so those are all suspected crimes that are really up there i mean for goodness sakes i i heard from one agent that they have enough on her to come up with RICO charges, which is what they, they charge crime families with. So that's the suspected crimes. But then you have the actual proven, admitted crimes, where she's taking money from Qatar, where she's taking money from these foreign entities, and 23 hours later she has a meeting. Or, you know, she's using the, the State Department in a pay-for-play. Folks, that is selling your country. That is the definition of a domestic enemy that everybody who has served in law enforcement or the military has taken an oath to defend our Constitution against. She is, by definition, the domestic enemy. And then you have the um, the email scandal. And you have to keep in mind, I mean, Huma Abedin has been busted with classified information on the front seat of her car. There are people in prison who are guilty of much less and they don't they don't get this special treatment. So her list of crimes is well over a thousand felony counts at this point. She would go to prison for the rest of her life, even if she's some demonic witch who lives to be seven hundred years old. She'd still be in there for the rest of her life. And you know this is not a, a case of well, we just have to choose the candidate who's less creepy, who's less you know political. I have been fighting for the ending of the two-party thing for 12 years now. I have been involved in presidential debates for a third-party candidate. I've been praised by the Green, the Constitutional, and the Libertarian Party for my position on getting third-party candidates in. I have never, ever been a two-party guy. But when people tell me, well, Donald Trump's just as bad, on what planet? I mean, okay, so yeah, he might have done something with his university thing, which was sketchy. Okay, then go after him for it. Uh, he might have said some naughty words. Okay, then ridicule him for it. He might have bad policy. Okay, then don't vote for him because of it. But Hillary Clinton is a criminal. She shouldn't even be allowed to be in D.C., let alone be in the White House running the show. So you, you can't compare the two in terms of apples to apples. We're we're looking at apples and oranges here. So that's that's my take on that. And the fact that nobody is seemingly going to prison for this. At this point, you would usually even have a scapegoat, somebody who would fall on the proverbial sword. But their arrogance, their, their just uh, ego, where they don't even throw a staffer under the bus, and they're like, well, yeah, we committed crime, but so what? That right there should scare every American. And I don't say that to fearmonger. I say that because that's exactly the epitome of tyranny. That's the exact epitome of of evil in the White House that every founding father warned us against, and some people believe that the Bible even warned us against. Now, Josh, um, back to the emails real quick. Did it surprise you yeah. to see any of the um, 
satanic stuff, the spirit cooking, the uh, and the innuendos, and we heard you know this pedophilia ring and child trafficking ring that that's inside the Clinton department. And we had a show Friday where we had Russ Dizdar and Ted Brewer and uh, Doc Marquis on to talk about this. But is any of the the satanic aspects or spiritual aspects of the Clinton campaign surprise you, or is this something that you were already uh, aware of? Well, I, I wouldn't say the action surprised me, because back in, I think, 97, Bill Clinton alluded to the fact that uh, Hillary engages in, in spiritual say, um, seances and stuff like that way back in 97. So I knew there was a connection. What surprised me, though, was how blatantly open and honest they are. <laughs> Never would I ever think that if, if you're some sort of Satanist cult worshiper, you just put this in an email. you be like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're spirit cooking. That, to me kind of shocked me because mm-hmm. I know people who, who don't like the fact that, you know, they watch too much football, so they code word that into emails to their buddies so their wife don't pick up on it. These people are trying to conjure up a demon, and they're like, oh, yeah, what are you doing Wednesday? So that part shocked me. And you again, know, yeah. the fact that That's nobody's true. denying it. Podesta never came out and said, oh, well, you misunderstood me. I was talking about making gummy bears, and then we pretend they talk or something. <laughs> None of that actually happened. Nobody has ever denied anything that's in these emails. It's, it's amazing to me. And I, what I'm wondering about, too, when, uh, okay, the, the timeline, when Comey came out and said, okay, we got 650,000 emails found them but on uh, Wiener's computer all right mm-hmm. and there goes there goes Eric the tech chuckling over over Anthony Wiener again um 656,000 to be exact and we know for a fact that the router from and, and I was told this by my NYPD contact that the router was taken they believe there was a transference of data they know other devices were connected via the router uh my NYPD source was extremely uh explicit but somewhat reserved in the information which was given to me um so th- so that was right after this this announcement by Comey now i know you've got contacts i i mean mm-hmm. folks this gentleman Josh Tully's got contacts, believe me. Uh, I, you know, I've got some contacts. Well, my NYPD source gave me a lot of information that substantiated the satanic rituals, um, in addition to other things. And then he's in the wind. All right. We were expecting this to be handled a little bit differently. And it was a complete 180. Instead of uh, NYPD, the task force between NYPD and the FBI, forcing their hand, Comey's hand, and the DOJ's hand, Comey did a 180 again. And now my yeah. source is in the wind. Um, yeah. I have a lot of questions about this. I don't. I don't know. Have you? It, it, are your sources telling you anything? I mean, you know, with with the uh, with the outing uh, by Pachinik, um which I'm sure you're familiar with and, you know, you've been watching everything unfold. I mean, what happened here? Do, do, do well, you want see, to that's, that's, yes? well, that's the billion-dollar question because everybody knows she's guilty. Everybody involved. 
And you look at these emails, you look at the collusion between CNN and, and the DNC, you look at, like, the report I gave you from the DNC, where even the delegates knew that something was amok here, that, that she's not really winning. It's, it's getting to the point where you have to say, this is spiritual. It's, it's almost like, um, it's, it's almost like Nikolai Carpathia from Left Behind. Remember the Left Behind TV show? You have that, that, or that movie, you had that guy who they would meet with him, they would go in there, try to accuse him of a crime, they would come out thinking, oh, we were totally wrong. It's kind of like that is happening to everybody who doesn't have their eyes open. Because, yes, it's freaky that Comey is, is reversing ground. Yes, it's it's weird that, you know, Loretta Lynch and, and the, uh, the whole satanic thing and then the pedophilia and all that, all of that's weird. But what really blows me away is that Hillary supporters are still on board. That shocks me, because that means these people are so cold in their heart. They are so void of God's Holy Spirit. They are so gone when it comes to even logical conclusion-based reasoning that something has happened to these people to make them mind-numb robots. Because I don't care if, if JFK would have done this. If JFK's affairs would have been made public, he would have been gone. If LBJ's illnesses would have been made public, he would have been gone. Something has happened where it doesn't matter if, if Hillary Clinton was walking down Main Street, shoots her husband right there in the middle of broad daylight, people would still say, well, he had it coming. Empower women, let's vote Hillary. We have seriously jumped the crazy train. And it's one thing to expect evil to do what evil does. That's, that's going to be. The devil is the devil. But what really gets kind of freaky is when the people to your right and to your left start falling, kind of like the biblical verse, right? When you have these people out here in America who are still backing Hillary, and I think those numbers are wrong by the, the quantity of them, but I still run into Hillary supporters, and they don't care. They really don't care. When I bring up stuff like, hey, you know what, there's evidence that she's tied to a pedophilia sex trafficking ring. Well, that's okay. Did you know Donald Trump declared bankruptcy three times? I, what? What are you smoking that somehow makes these two things equal? That's what scares me. Yeah, and many people seem to be uh, dug in into their positions this election, regardless of the facts that are presented to them and... Uh, you know, just here where we are in PA, I uh, did a count on the number of Hillary signs versus the number of Trump signs on the way to the studio. And the last count, it was 13 Clinton signs and 33 Trump signs. We see yeah. the support for the Trump online and at his rallies, you know, filling up arenas. And, and uh, he just has uh, his support is alive, if you will, where Hillary's support seems to be dead you know, they're so busy defending everything that she does. And there has to be some kind of disconnect, and this goes to what you were talking about, Josh, with her supporters. They have either been uh, indoctrinated and brainwashed by the media that Trump is dangerous, and so much so that whatever evidence that Hillary Clinton, uh, about what Hillary Clinton has done, is irrelevant to them because they believe what they have been told in that uh, Trump is some kind of, you know, monster, where if he's elected that... Uh, basically, he, he's like a Hitler in disguise. And it is very scary to see the disconnect from reality that people have uh, in this election cycle. 
And it's only going to get worse from here if they've gotten it this far up until now. Yeah, if if she actually ends up in the White House, everybody grab something and hold on tight because that <laughs> that is essentially saying that we could do whatever we wanted to and nobody's going to hold us accountable. And once she's at the top of this pyramid scheme, then there's no getting her off of it. So I think we're going to enter into that sort of spiritual reality. But that leads to another point. We were out uh, talking to churches, and, you know, there's some, some great people who are associated with me near the studio. And they were out talking to pastors. Now, these are supposed to be people who are proclaiming God's truth, who are reading from the Bible. And out of seven churches, six of them do not talk politics this election cycle. They don't want to bring it up. They don't want to address it to their listeners. They don't want to talk about what God said about electing holy people, and they think that's up to their own people to decide we're not going to touch it. And a lot of it has to do with the the 501c3 misunderstanding. But there's something deeper there, because if I was a pastor, I wouldn't care. I If, if, if there's somebody running for office who has all these crimes proven and admitted that she, she doesn't even deny it, and then you have all these suspected crimes with evidence linking her to it. I don't care if I lost 501c3 status. Amen. I don't care if they killed me. I would no, stand I, up I and say, that. ladies and gentlemen, we have to stop the evil. Yes, speaking, uh, speaking of that, uh, Josh, we're going to have to stop you right there just uh, for a couple of moments as we enter into the bottom of the hour. Folks, you're listening to the Hagman Hagman Report. Very special guest, Josh Tolley, impacting all human endeavors indeed. We're going to be right back. Stay right where you're at. edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. This hour we are joined with author, radio show host, and friend Josh Tolley of The Josh Tolley Show, and he will be with us until the end of this hour. Um, and we're talking about you know, the election and the things that have happened in the last two weeks in the news cycle uh, pertaining to the election. Uh, and i got a question for you, Josh, um, both for myself yeah. and as from a listener. Um, if there is no voter fraud... Who will win the Wait. election? And, and if the popular vote were left chuckle. alone, who who would you uh, who do you think would win the election? If you had to guess, well, one we have to acknowledge that there already is voter fraud. And I mean, people have voted twice in two different states. There's a Project Veritas video out today of a lady undercover in a burqa going in as Huma Abedin and getting the ballot. So there is voter fraud. So that's that's not an option. If there wasn't voter fraud, I would say Trump wins this thing in a landslide because of what you were talking about with these crowds. I've been to some of these rallies. I've been to the events. And, you know, crowds have never determined who wins. When it's like, well, one person has 7,000, the other person has 5,000. Well, that doesn't mean you know who's going to win. But that's not what we're seeing. We're seeing 25,000 people show up for Trump and 40 show up for Hillary Kane. They have so few people showing up that Hillary has canceled events, Joe Biden has canceled events, Kane has canceled events, 
So this isn't a, a case of, well, her supporters aren't just active. They don't exist. So if, if, if it was just popular vote, bam, Hillary would get it. But we also have this nasty thing called the Electoral College that a lot of people think is just this awesome device, and it's not. With the exception of two states, all the other states have the have faithfully bound electoral representation, which means they're not obligated to adhere to the popular vote at all. So what you see happen tomorrow, if Hillary doesn't like it, it don't matter. So you're going to see this tally of electoral votes pop up, which means absolutely nothing, because in December, when the actual vote counts, those people are not necessarily bound to what the results that the TV is going to tell you tomorrow. When they're like, well, the first one to 270, eh, that, <laughs> we don't okay, really so know that until they cast the vote. Yeah, exp- explain that uh, to our listeners, because I-, I didn't do well the last time I attempted to explain this, the Electoral College. You know, this is something that, uh, what you just said, if... Well, I'm going to just let you go. I'm not going to. I'm just going to shut up and let you go. The electoral college, its role. If you can kind of give us a a, a basic one-on-one primer on this, because this is something people yeah. need to really understand. Well, the electoral college was set up as this idea to to make sure that the country doesn't uh, get run by mob rule. We've heard a lot that we are a republic, not a democracy. So the founding fathers wanted a little bit of a check and balance between the masses and who actually gets to choose the president. And if you really get down to it, it's extremely elitist. We we have convinced the people that your vote counts, but in reality, it's the Electoral College that counts. They choose the president. Nobody's officially given this thing until December, regardless of what the television tells you tomorrow. Now, how it's supposed to work is that each state is given Electoral College representation based on their population. So whereas some place like Wyoming gets two or three electoral college votes, places like California get a bunch of them. This is why you never see a presidential candidate in South Dakota. Because like it or not, your vote doesn't count. They don't go for popular vote. Popular vote doesn't win the election. It's electoral college votes. And even if they're going to play it fair, your vote still doesn't count in South Dakota, because even if if Trump or Clinton wins, they win three little tiny electoral college votes, which means they're never going to get there. So for the majority of the country in rural America, sorry to tell you, your vote literally does not count. Now, beyond that, they're supposed to be faithfully bound. So in Texas and their big number of electoral college represent, representatives go to D.C. to vote, they're supposed to vote in accordance with the breakdown of the popular vote inside Texas. But that's only a myth. They don't have to do it. There's nothing requiring them to do that. In addition, these people are anonymous, and they're done so on purpose so the people can't take revenge on the vote. And if we think, well, has this ever happened, it has. This is actually how Abraham Lincoln got in, because he had to wiggle and giggle and whine and dine and schmooze the electoral college voters in order to get into office. So, yes, typically they stay faithfully bound because nobody wants kind of like upheaval, but they're not required to. So it it, it just kind of re-edifies or reconfirms what a lot of people think and their vote doesn't count. Now, to me, that doesn't mean don't vote. 
It really doesn't. Even if you're like, well, Josh, 16 of the states have machines controlled by George Soros, still vote. Make them steal it. Make them have to steal it. Just don't roll over and give it to them. If, if we're going to go down, I want to go down swinging. I want people to wear red to the ballot box tomorrow to show everybody that, hey, I'm not voting for Hillary. That doesn't even mean you have to vote for Trump. Vote for Jill or Gary or whoever. Right? Dug in. I don't care. But uh, there's this movement where people are wearing red just to show if she wins, you people are stealing this thing. But I kind of want to get back to something else that, that was brought up before that break. And that's this idea of what is scary. Did any of this surprise you? We also need to remember we're counting on the FBI to arrest somebody, but it doesn't have to be the FBI. We hear all these county sheriffs talking about how, well, we, we protect the Constitution and then we adhere to our oath. Well, there is no reason a county sheriff can't go arrest almost everybody up into and including Hillary Clinton right now today. Because when she put her name on that county election board to run for president and then committed the fraud that she's committing, she carried out a fraud against every citizen in every county where her name is on a ballot. That means your local sheriff can go arrest her today. Above and beyond that, she also is connected to the violence that we've seen in Chicago and Milwaukee. So when we see... Uh, Sheriff David Clark on, on Fox News talking about how I support the Constitution. Well, her DNC incited violence in Milwaukee. That's enough evidence for you to at least arrest the person who's on tape admitting they did it. Why haven't you done that? They have somebody who admitted that they incited the uh, shutdown of the highway in Arizona. Why hasn't Sheriff Joe Arpaio at least arrested that person? Because it happened in their county. So that, to me, scares me a little bit, too. We have over 3,000 county sheriffs, and a lot of these people keep telling us, well, we adhere to the Constitution, we're oath keepers. Well, then keep your oath and go arrest somebody. It happened here in your county. Live up to your duty. And that's not happening either, which means this whole idea that we had of, well, if it really comes down to it, our guys are going to be on our side. Where are they? It's crickets. These people could be arrested by the time this show is over, and it hasn't happened yet. We're going to have uh, Stuart Rhodes from the Oath Keepers on, head of the Oath Keepers. That question, I just marked that down. I'm going to ask him that question. That deserves to be asked, especially if uh, uh, David Clark is, a, is I believe he's, he's a member of Oath Keepers. Regardless, there's enough crime to go around. Uh, but but you're right. That is kind of a frightening or disconcerting situation. Um yeah, and then you got Obama um, promising illegals that they won't get in trouble yeah, what's that encouraging about? them to go vote uh, in this election and basically giving them, you know, the red carpet saying, hey, not only will we not, if you're caught, not deport you, but we're not going to look for you if we find out you did that either. I know. I know. It, it, it just goes to reedify and reconfirm how messed up this situation is. This, this is. this is exactly what people said they've been fearing. You know, we have this idea that somehow the collapse is going to be boots in the street and some sort of martial law Armageddon. That's not logically possible. The country's too big for that. So we have to get real. What is it really going to look like? And it's going to look like this. It's going to look like a Congress that's compromised. 
a Senate that's compromised. So you have the House and the Senate, both the House of the Congress. You have the White House that's compromised. You have an email trail that, that essentially says, yeah, we killed Scalia, which everybody suspected anyway. Everybody's worst conspiracy theory nightmares are coming true, including this whole idea of a shadow government, because that was in the email trail. This is that nightmare. It, it, it's here. It, it's not someday, somewhere, or, yo, you guys are just fear-mongering. This is what everybody said was afraid was going to happen. It's, this is it. All right. We're watching it. You know, and that's why I've said that before, too, Josh. You know, everyone's waiting for this big event to take place. And, and it might very well take place. But meanwhile... <laughs> We're we're in the midst of this this takedown this tyrannical takedown. I had to laugh because I I read something, um, and I'm going to turn it right back over to you. Uh, but I, I read something from a self described uh, author journalist who said, uh, you know, uh, there's no tyranny in America. America is not under tyranny. And, and and I chuckled at the, yeah I laughed at that because I'm thinking wait a minute uh, you know how do you define tyranny um uh, you know I guess our definitions are slightly different but but um yeah so we are watching so you don't expect okay like can, can we extrapolate from here based on what you're saying let's say for example Donald Trump just wins tomorrow or whatever the situation might be it would favor trump and and or or even a replay of like a 2000 elections without the hanging chads whatever do you expect violence in the streets or or do you think that we're we're so far past that that there won't be violence or at least not widespread violence i mean I don't. I don't think there's going to be widespread violence. I mean, you might have some uprisals, you know, of people largely funded by the DNC that has funded them thus far. Uh, you might have some challenges legally, but to be honest, even if Trump wins, none of what we were just talking about goes away because this isn't a situation where it's like, well, you know, we don't like Al Gore and the hanging chad, and you know who? Then no. How deep is this strain of evil? How deep is this inside job corruption? This is every episode of 24 come to life. There are moles in the government. I don't know if you saw the WikiLeaks thing, but you have the assistant um, attorney for the Department of Justice telling Podesta what they will and will not be looking for. That's a mole. This is like a Jack Bauer situation. How deep does that go? If, if, if Donald Trump wins, so what? You need to do an entire purge of this thing because you don't know who's on the inside still working for whatever weird satanic cult this is looking more and more like it's serving in the first place. Has this election, um, in your opinion, has this, uh, and one of the things I think is a pause of whether Trump wins or not is as he has made this, um, I'd call it historic run for the presidency, nobody's given him a chance from the beat before the primaries and he ended up winning the primary. Nobody gave him a chance to win the election. They were even writing articles, you know, how he had no chance to win, you know, because the Electoral College uh, basically saying, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's impossible. Now we see he's gained huge momentum among people. And not only that, we've seen the release of all this information from the DNC, from the Podesta emails, from Hillary's private server. And Everything has been stop. released, and it's been revealing a just this, as we've been talking about the whole hour, this pattern of corruption of not only events and multiple events, uh, but also the uh, 
the corruption inside the uh, highest levels of our government, and there still has not they have not been able to bring a charge or have not chose not to bring a charge against Clinton or any of her aides. Um, but one thing well, that Trump has done is expose and bring all this to the light in an election cycle where more people are paying attention now than you know in any normal time uh, during a news cycle, and all this fresh information has come out. Um, so regardless of who wins. Do you see this WikiLeaks, um, you know, exposing the Clintons to gain more momentum than what we've seen so far? I think that regardless of what happens tomorrow, the world is about to change. Either Hillary Clinton wins and they don't have to pretend anymore. They don't, they don't have to pretend to be nice. They can be like, yep, yeah, we were evil and we still won, so why not just be evil? Or Trump wins. And those of us who have suspected this for years get to tell our friends we were right. But either way, after tomorrow, the world is about to change. And we need to be ready for that. We need to understand, okay, this isn't game on as usual, because let's say Trump wins. Well, you still have people like Paul Ryan. Let, let's take a look at this for a second. Paul Ryan had the opportunity to put forward uh, for a vote a bill that would designate the Muslim Brotherhood as a terrorist organization. He denied that bill the possibility of getting a floor vote. Why? Who is paying this guy? And and that's that's what I'm, I'm really getting at. People have to stop thinking that the government's the answer. And I hope that we use this as a wake-up call and we take back our country block by block if we have to. But you have to stop thinking the Republicans are going to fix it. You have to stop thinking the Democrats are going to fix it. This is proof positive that both of them are, are corrupt and evil. There's nobody on the inside of these parties that wants us to win. Yes, you have some highlights like Justin Amash and Gowdy. There's, there's a few of those, but that's not the system. We have to take control of our destiny and say, you know what, regardless of what D.C. does, we're no longer going to play. And I I remember I was on your show years ago, and I said, look, there's just about 3,600 counties in the United States. If we said forget you to D.C. and instead took out a map of those 3,600 counties and said, okay, once we get to 1,801, we win regardless of what D.C. does, we could do that. But it has to be us doing it. And the thing that make, makes me a little ee is the fact that Hillary supporters are still blind. I mean, think about this. WikiLeaks was supposed to take her out. Remember? WikiLeaks, boom, she's done. Well, we're on WikiLeaks dump, what, 37 now? And she's rising in the polls even as we're talking. So there is this massive disconnect between what is being revealed, and I mentioned this in the beginning of the show, it doesn't matter. There could be a picture with her going to prom with Satan himself, and nothing would change in the morning. So people have to say, okay, we need to get back to doing this. How do we do that? And that's why, guys, I've been telling people from the rooftops, entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship. Because if you look at how we got here, it was the lack of entrepreneurship. And as a matter of fact, you know what? I'm just going to do this. I'm just, hopefully my team's listening. We're going to do this. Anybody who goes to purplemonkeygarage.com or purplemonkeyuniversity.com and signs up for our class to teach you how to become an entrepreneur, I will give you a free copy of Evangelpreneur. 
And if you buy the thing all up front at one time, I will double your investment. I will match you and give you a free $600 ticket to any Business of Life event I do. Because that's how important this is. If we don't become entrepreneurs again and Donald Trump's elected, so what? We have to use this opportunity to get back to an entrepreneurship-based economy and fight the tyranny. That's the only thing that does it. Free enterprise has always been and will always be the fuel for freedom, and without it, no amount of information is going to do us any good. And, folks, this is why we love Josh Tolley. This is what separates Josh Tolley from nope, just about everyone else. You're losing me. Can you hear me? Oh, there you are. Yeah, All I can right. hear you now. All right. This is why we, we, we love Josh Tolley. I'm just going to repeat this again. Uh, because no matter what, we, you know, we are going to fight or go down swinging. We're not going to die at the end of our driveway on our knees. Okay. We are going to fight to the, to, to the end, but you've got, you've got keys how we as Christians can not only survive, but thrive even when the odds are against us. Can you yeah. give that offer out one more time, please? Because that, that, that to me is so significant today. And there, I know there are people out there hungry for exactly this. Purple monkey, just go ahead. Okay, so one, I have to say that we have had a number of Hagman listeners in our classes. So what you guys are doing is amazing. So many people have come to our classes because they've heard me on your show. So keep it up. But what I was saying is, for the first time, we are taking my class and putting it online. For the first time. Like, we just did it. Like, three days ago, we finished putting the, the video on the website. So this is brand new. So if people go to Purple Monkey Garage, that's my consulting business. And there's a whole story of what, how the name and all that. So just You can go there. So if you have a business... That's where you get me to, to be your consultant. But in the above and beyond that, I knew that we needed to teach people how to start businesses because eight out of ten businesses fail. Not because business is bad. It's because we actually don't teach people how to run businesses. We just teach them how to set them up, and then they are basically set up to fail. So we put an online course together. You go to purplemonkeyuniversity.com, all one word, Purple Monkey University, and by the time you get there, they're going to have a deal set up where if you buy the monthly course, so you get a lesson every single week, you get assignments every week, you get real-life case studies every week, so it's like $12 a week. If you sign up for the course on a monthly basis, I will send you for free a copy of the Amazon number one bestseller of Entrepreneur. If you buy the whole year up front, because I understand that's a little bit of an investment, it's 600 bucks. I will give you a $600 ticket to my live events, so I'm basically matching you. You meet me halfway. I'll chuck in $600 in tickets if you chuck in $600 for the class, for those who can afford it. But either way, we have to get people trained up in entrepreneurship. Every church I go to, and pastors, you can book me for your churches, but every church I go to always comes down to the same problem. Josh, we love to get involved. I see what's going on in the news. I listen to the Hagmans. But I'm working 9 to 5 Monday through Friday. I come home and I'm too tired to do anything. Well, God didn't design that. And we've done shows on that so they can go listen to your archive. But the, you're, you're designed for more than this. God's model is free enterprise. From Genesis to, to Revelation, he calls his people to be entrepreneurs, and I prove it in the book. 
So we need to become what God has called us to become and stop serving money, i.e. the government, through their reversion of, of servitude, which is now mass employment. This is so important, folks. We, you know, we can overcome. We can win this, um, or, or we can actually protect ourselves, our families, our lineage, our legacy. Josh Tolley is the guy to take us there, to take you there. Uh, he's he's the man. I mean, he he knows what he's talking about, and that's a very generous offer. And I'm going to thank you for that. Totally unexpected, but thank you. Josh, we've got about five minutes It was a little left. unexpected on my side, too. I'm hoping, <laughs> well, I, I'm hoping I, my people are listening. I, I, I love it. But by the way, I had the opportunity to sit next to uh, Josh on a um, uh, Q&A panel at a uh, conference. And my goodness, uh, uh, you talk about... Uh, just, I, I could feel the, you know, the, 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 the spirit. Uh, you know how when you, get, you're around somebody and, and you just know that that, that somebody's a special somebody. I mean, you know, wow. Um, but, but just to hang, hang around, uh, Josh Tolley is, is just an amazing, just an amazing thing. Um, f- final question here with just a few minutes to go. Do you care to, I mean, or, or, it, I'm kind of tempted to say you take you take the last five minutes wherever you want to take it, but I'm just kind of curious if you have any thoughts in your spirit, in your gut, intellectually, emotionally, whatever, uh, how you see the next day, the next few days, the next week playing out. If you want to, if you don't want to go there, I'm okay with it. You can go anywhere you want, but that was kind of my my closing question. Well, first, I want to say, before I get into that, thank you guys so much. And I could say the same thing about you. If you have not met the Hagmans in per- person, they are exactly what they appear to be on the air. It's amazing. You always hear, don't meet your heroes. That's not true with Doug and Joe. Meet them, and you'll actually be more pleasantly surprised than even when you hear them. So definitely see any way you can, can see them in person. But with what you were asking, what what's my prediction? We made a prediction on your show and before I knew I was coming on to tonight, I was going to contact Joe and say, hey, we got to be ready to revisit that prediction. So here's my prediction. If Hillary Clinton wins, you are going to see a loud but kind of kind of neutered anger amongst Trump supporters. If she wins, you're also going to see an economic downturn, so be ready for that. If she wins... I predicted on your show before, and I'm not saying it's prophecy, so don't say Josh is a false prophet. This is just a prediction. I'm predicting that if she wins, within six to eight months, Russia invades another country. If Donald wins, I think there will be momentary uprising of violence. You'll see it in the major cities. You'll see it associated with Black Lives Matter. You'll see... Rachel Maddow basically bust a blood vessel in her forehead because she's so <laughs> mad. You'll, you'll see that. But I think within six to eight months, you'll see a terrorist attack in this country, whether it's real or an inside job, just to send a message, you chose the wrong guy, now you have to pay for it. So that's my prediction of what's going to come. In addition, though, I think what we're going to continue to see, and I'm so excited about this part, we are going to see the continuation of the revival of real believers. I cannot tell you how many people are really becoming believers, who are living the Bible, being doers of the Word, not just readers of the Word. And it, I think we're going to continue to see that, because this illusion that somehow we're Americans and special and that's going to protect us from evil, that's gone away. 
we're we're no longer living in that that little kid world. We now see the ugliness around us, and that's going to make us turn to the one holy true God. And I think that's going to continue. So wherever there's adversity, there's always opportunity, both spiritually and uh, through entrepreneurship. And I'm glad that you guys are out there talking about this. I'm glad that you're on the air. And I just applaud you for doing what you're doing. And listeners support their sponsors. People ask me all the time, Josh, how do we get more alternative news? Well, it costs a lot of money. So support the sponsors. Support Doug and Joe and their show if you can. And maybe we'll even come back on in, in a little while now that I'm thinking about it and do something where we can kind of help you with that, too. So Thank that's you, my Josh. prediction, guys. Thank you so much. God bless you, my That's friend. Josh Tully from The Josh Tully Show, and absolutely, we'll have you back on in the near future. Folks, we'll be right back with Greg Hunter uh, from USAWatchdog.com for our hour number three on this Monday edition, the eve before the election. We'll be right back. Stay with us. segment of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're waiting to connect with our next guest, Greg Hunter, U.S. Day Watchdog. Uh, you, know, you know, I don't know how many people out there, I'm going to take this opportunity while we're trying to get him hooked up here. I don't know how many people know of Greg Hunter. This man, uh, he's, he's worked for CNN, he's worked for a lot of the big broadcasters, but but this guy, Greg Hunter, is sharp as a tack. Um, as a matter of fact, He's the producer and creator of usawatchdog.com. And their slogan is analyzing the news to give you a clear picture of what's really going on. And he does that. You know him. I, I'm sure you know him. Go to, go to usawatchdog.com. That's usawatchdog.com. Uh, I know you're, you're going to recognize him. You're going to, you're going to see him and say, Hey, I know that guy. And I know you know his material. He's one of, seriously, one of the, you know, we can only listen and, and watch so many um, news sites. He's on really the top of our list, near the top of our list. Um, he's got he's got it going. Somebody will let me know, right? Somebody will let us know when he's, when it's okay. All right. You know, so that's, so as soon as we get him on, we've got a lot of questions for him. He wrote an article, uh, I think it was today, about, um, the last, uh, you know, the final 2016 presidential election update before voting ends. Uh, a tremendous article, a tremendous uh, op-ed piece. And, and I think it's, it's worthy of the read. You know, I was thinking the other day, and I'm, I'm going to bring this down, um, down to the studio. I'm going to bring, I'm going to show you what TexasReady.net has. I, I cannot wait to show you on air, texasready.net, their seed banks. They're rated the highest in the world, and folks, I know why. First, they, they, 
contain regionally appropriate open pollinated heirloom seeds. Most seed banks don't even take into account anything like re, uh, geographical, uh, regional uh, differences. Hybrid seeds, by the way, are good for only one garden. They don't reproduce true to type. That's why it's necessary to purchase stable heirloom seeds. Check. <laughs> Second, Texas Ready uses certified seeds. I never heard of such a thing. Most seed banks companies don't because they cost more. TexasReady.net. Check. And Texas Ready thinks their customers, our listeners, are worth it. We've got something called the Listener Protection Program. That's what we stand behind because we don't advertise, sponsor anything we don't believe in. Uh, the germination rate on, on their seeds is just outstanding. If you don't know how to garden, TexasReady.net. They've got several excellent reference books. I went through one, and I learned more from that book than you, it's just amazing. Uh, they get into... Uh, well, they talk about nutrient-dense d- uh, food, start plants, how to start plants from seedlings, uh, saving uh, seeds correctly, and so on. And it's, it's just, and how to pr- protect the genetics so you don't inadvertently create hybrids from your heirloom plants. I didn't even know that was possible. You buy a seed bag on how many people you'll be providing food for. They split it up, you know, we two person, four, six, eight, twelve, and so on. It's it's really a it's they do it right, and. Texas Ready Seeds come in refurbished U.S. Army ammo cans, which have moisture seals. They work. I looked at these things. They're like tanks. Each Texas Ready Seed Bank contains 80-plus varieties of vegetables and fruits, including eight dual-purpose herbs, culinary, and medicinal. The larger banks come with training manuals that teach you to garden properly. Folks, check out their website. TexasReady.net. The name really should say it all. You want quality in seeds? TexasReady.net. And I want to get the uh, owner of that company on on the air. We, I've got some questions, and I know you. If you're preparing, if you're a prepper, and you're in your, you know, because to me, if you've got a postage size lawn, or if you're in a condominium, or a mobile home, or an apartment, or something. I know they've got answers because I want answers if you if you're limited on space because I had so many people ask about that. But anyway, that's something that uh, down the road. But uh, you want quality? TexasReady.net. While we're waiting for Greg Hunter, oh, he's ready. Or we're still waiting. Okay, all right. Yeah, and sometimes this happens, folks. You know, there's where do you deal with time zones? You deal with uh, you know intermediaries. You deal with all sorts of things. So. Thank you for for being patient as we go through things. Um, one thing I I, I want to share with everyone. Okay, hey, hang on, talk amongst yourselves, folks. All right, we're gonna we're we're gonna try to get him on on another avenue. Okay, John's working on it. All right. Well, well John, thank you. Thank brother. you for yeah. John's yeah. been doing a lot of. A great scheduling. Getting and is, John Robertson, I you know did, did he did he say okay about tomorrow? Yeah. Okay. T- tomorrow, j- just so people know, Canada. We are teaming up with Canada Free Press. Now I'm a senior columnist there. I think I don't think they've kicked me out yet. Um, but uh, uh, Judy McLeod, the the founding editor of Canada Free Press, is to me more American than most Americans. Definitely more American than any liberal progressive out there. And she has her finger on the pulse of really what's taking place. Anyway, we're going to be dealing, or we're going to be uh, uh, simulcasting 
at Canada Free Press, on Canada Free Press tomorrow, from 6 p.m. tomorrow through midnight. Yeah, it'll be one of a kind show. You might have to prop me up. Purple sticks. There it is, purple sticks. No, we got the the couch in the studio, and Eric can come over and, and sub. Yeah, there you go. Oh no, Eric, yeah, Eric's going to be on the couch. Uh, but but you know, I mean this this to me, although it you know although politics is theater, Joe, I, I truly believe that we are at a crossroads. Like what Josh Tully said, the world is going to change tomorrow. Now it's the changes may not take effect immediately, and I don't think they will, but. There will be events that will be, you know, uh, cast into motion tomorrow that will be planet-altering events, regardless of, of who wins. And if you really contemplate that, I, and, and, I, and I ask you to pray about that, to prayerfully consider that, we need to do some some things to protect us, to protect our families to watch out, to be the good stewards that we need to be. Um, I was never, you know, I was never a guy that really talked about God or talked about faith. I just didn't do that. That that wasn't me. But the older you get, the more introspective you get, the more mature, intellectually mature you get. I think that the, the reality of things sinks in. And then the, the more you learn about how things work, it's, it, it, it's life changing, and that's why we do what we do, folks. And I would, and I humbly ask for your support. I don't care if it's prayer or just simply telling someone else about the show. But it, we, from Eric the Tech, now my daughter, who's serving in a in an administrative capacity. Joe, myself, we, we're throwing everything we have into into this. It's not for us. It's to get the truth out there. It's for it's for you. We're using our investigative experience, our investigative talents, our investigative contacts. Although this past weekend, it seems like what happened. It's kind of like losing. I don't know how many police officers out or uh, detectives out there. Did you, did you ever lose a witness for a trial? You know what I'm talking about. If, if you're if you're a detective, you got to make sure a witness gets to trial. And suddenly, you know, it's like uh, it's like the day before, and can't find the witness. Yeah, there's some panic that sets in. Believe me, uh, but but it's almost as if. There's a culling of the investigative assets out there. There's a culling of the people. Um, there's a there's a firming up of different sides. But plenty of news to go around. Plenty of information to go around. We um, just uh, one second on All Greg right. Hunter. Well, if we don't have Greg Hunter, if somebody says they're Greg Hunter, that's okay. We'll take him too. I, I'm kidding, Greg. If you're listening, I'm I'm, I'm kidding. I'm I'm a big fan of USA Watchdog. Uh, I, in case you haven't noticed, I really, really am a big fan of usawatchdog.com. I'm a big fan of Greg Hunter's work, of his writings, the people he brings on, and, uh, you know, everything he does. In fact, he, he I, I could be his stalker, actually. 
but I'm not. Uh, I, I, I just, I check his, I, folks, go to usawatchdog.com. Check his website. Watch his videos, his interviews. This guy is right on the money. You gave me a, Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if you gave me the finger. I just had to ju- message like three different people to let everybody know. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, let's bring him on. Uh, again, Greg Hunter has quite the CV. I mean, quite the resume. And uh, uh, b- before we do bring him on, I just want to say hello to the listeners. Right now we've got uh, uh, just a whole bunch of listeners checking in from Europe, all across Europe. Where it's, uh, what are you guys doing up? And, and, of course, all across America, I want to say hello to... Patty listening right now live in Panama. Patty in Panama, that's pretty cool. And of course, uh, our regular groups uh, all across the United States, Canada, and South America. Greg Hunter, welcome to the program, sir. Good to be here. Really good to be yeah. here. I know I'll you guys you. have asked me to be on in a while, and I was uh, telling uh, one of your producers, uh, I didn't mean to dis- disrespect you. I just, you know, I, I don't have a vast, you know, organization. It's, uh, I'm the, I'm the bottle washer, the, uh, the cook, <laughs> uh, the waiter. <laughs> uh, so you, there you are. You do, anyway, how are you, you guys do. doing? You know what? We're, we're, do- now that you're here, we're doing great. And you do a great job. If you are, if you had, uh, let me tell you, you, um, I, I'm an admirer of your of yours. I, I, I love your interview style. You. Well, you know what? It's true. You even, despite the fact that you were uh, somewhat contaminated by major media, including CNN and such, uh, you 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 really you really are hard hitting, and, and you get the uh, get the information out there. When uh, I was there, though, I got to tell you, my wife asked me this the other day. She said, "Were you embarrassed by working at CNN at, at ABC?" No. Because I was doing depleted uranium munitions, I was doing that the economy was not getting better in 2008 at at, uh, at CNN. I was doing uh, you know depleted uranium munitions is not so depleted. I mean it's you know it's making all these guys sick. Uh, Half life of 4.5 billion years. I was confronting people at the Pentagon. This is at CNN. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got some pushback from uh, Jamie McIntyre and Barbara Starr over my depleted uranium munitions and said it was junk science and uh, whatever. I ended up getting it on the air. Uh, but uh, I was doing, uh, you know, produced a note, the fraud of uh, of uh, uh, this, uh, you know, the robo-signing, which wasn't a bunch of people signing stuff facts. They they were uh, committing forgery and perjury and fraud on the court because they, they didn't have the documents or didn't want to show the court the documents that were fraudulent. So this is so was I embarrassed at CNN? Not when I was there. And they hired me to. I was doing uh, you know all this. Uh, I was doing stuff with um, the uh, military, inflating their credentials, so they got paid more and going to diploma mills, and that was a big problem with that. Uh, I mean, I I did exploding airbags. I did I, you know I mean I did I did uh, I they at ABC and CNN, but that ended. That pretty much ended when I was gone. I mean, I was blowing the whistle on the economy. You can, if you go to my website, I'm not trying to beat my own horn. I mean, it, it just didn't make me any money, but I, I was. You can see some of the stuff I was doing at, uh, you know, at that ABC. I was in 2000, March of 2008. I was telling people that this is not going to be contained. That the market is in jeopardy. And uh, and and we're in a recession already, and this is going to blow up. And in July of '08, that's when the party ended for me. They were like, "Yeah, well, yeah, we're not renewing your contract." Wow. Well, excuse me. What? And you so, were getting the goods. I mean, I mean, you were you were you were. I was getting ratings, dude. Yeah. 
I was I was having arguments with Ali Velshi about the Fed and about how the subprime was not this is not going to be contained. I had to, I got Jim Sinclair on the air. I had to jump through all kinds of hoops with Jim Sinclair, and he was in town, and they didn't believe you know who he was. I said this guy he's talking to the effect on the American Stock Exchange before I think it was rolled into Nasdaq, but he was giving a speech to 500 people at the American Stock Exchange. He's a real guy. John Williams, yeah. a real guy. They they quit they quit anything to do with any of those guys. They actually CNN Money actually uh, featured John Williams a few times at shadowstats.com. We know the real the real stats, the real stuff. You know the twenty three percent unemployment rate, the seven eight nine percent inflation. The you know the the real stuff. And right. so, so was I embarrassed when I was there? No, I, no, I was not embarrassed. I thought I did good work, and they let me do good work. But that wasn't what they wanted. And, and then after that, I mean, yeah. I guess you guys want to f- figure out the deal, right? You want to hear the deal? Well, I had interviews at, at CBS. I had interviews at Bloomberg. I had interviews at NBC. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't. And I had. I, I didn't. I didn't have any problem with my interns or or my expense account or I would never show somebody my script I didn't give anybody the ability to edit my my work I mean I would call and fact check that's totally different but then what's happened I mean you saw that I would never call up if I was doing a political story I would never uh, call up the DNC which is really Hillary Clinton's campaign and uh, and say hey I'm interviewing Jeb Bush uh, give me some dirt on him I'm interviewing Donald Trump hey I'm interviewing Ted Cruz give me some dirt on him give me your uh, your your uh, your if this is that John Harwood was doing this uh, uh, yeah. CNN was doing was uh, was doing these which is what WikiLeaks is showing out they're not going to recover from this you, you know I, I don't think so either. for the last year to sell GCI get that stock. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You're going to go, oh, wait, hold on a minute. Now, let me tell you something. I, this is worse than just leaning left. Because I'm not a lefty and I'm not a righty. I mean, if, you, if the Republicans are in power, you're going to think I'm a left-wing liberal. If the Democrats are in power, you're going to think I'm a hard-right you know, conservative. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. But they're committing fraud on shareholders. Now, let that sink in. You're the New York Times... And you're holding yourself as a news organization, and you're selling selling shares of your business. You're defrauding shareholders. Meanwhile, you're defrauding the public. Gannett stock, Gannett GCI. You're holding yourself out as a as a news organization. And one headline for Gannett says, "Oh, Comey's reempting the case, and this is a problem for Comey." Really, it's not a problem for the for for Hillary Clinton, who had a, a private server to cover the fact she was taking treasonous bribes through a phony global charity fraud. I mean, it's not a problem for her. <laughs> So today, the headline on USA Today, FBI clears Clinton on emails again. And what popped in my head was FBI looks like a buffoon again. FBI proves that this is a, oh, 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 oh. Now the headlines are, are, oh, Hillary's cleared again. Oh, FBI proves without a doubt that uh, the government is corrupt again. <laughs> that there's a soft coup going on, but anyway, I, I, I yeah. I'm sorry, I'll shut up. Fire, no, fire away. I don't know what else you wanted to know. I, I got a great 9/11 story if you wanted to know about that. You know what? I, I, I'm Joe and I are kind of inclined just to say, you know, you got the mic, just go for it, because man, you're on fire. I, I love this. I, I love. I, I just I love it. What's your 9/11 story? Go. Here's my 9/11. So, I, well, first of all, listen, what they're doing at the Dane Press is fraudulent. 
It's not just leaning, it's fraudulent. You have to be a fair arbiter of the truth. I mean, look at um, Bob Woodworth, Bob Wood, Woodward, you know, uh, oh, Mr. Yeah. Uh, uh, Watergate fame. Yep. That's like me sticking gum in somebody's hair on the playground compared to this. He should give back his Pulitzer. I hope he's listening to this. He's got 20 people at the Washington Post, that scam of a newspaper, at, trying to dig up dirt on Trump. You mean you're not going to have 10 people on Trump and 10 people on the global charity fraud that is the Clinton Foundation and in 2014, what, less than 6% of the money actually went to the, to the, to the, uh, to the actual, you know, all these good they're doing. And Hillary Preacher. and Chelsea Clinton stories about how she may have paid for her wedding through the Clinton Foundation. You mean you're not going to do any stories on that? I mean, I'm not going to do any stories about how uranium one got uh, sold, uh, you know, out from under us, and we lost 20% of our uranium production. You're not going to do any stories on John Podesta, who got a $35 million payday for from the Russians. Meanwhile, you're going to make out like uh, you know Donald Trump is in bed with Vladimir Putin, which is total bogus. This is fraud, Julent. This is fraud. This is, New York Times is committing fraud. If you would say today, GCI, committing fraud, I would tell people to sell their stock for over a year. I said, well, I'm going to speak in a language that the, that the CEO can understand. And uh, November 4th of 2015, it was 1609 a share. And November 3rd, of, excuse me, 2015, it was 1609 a share. And uh, a year later, on November 3rd, uh, it was 745 a share. They cut their share price in half. The layoffs are going, you watch, mark my words, they're going to be stunning. The layoffs, the mainstream press, Reuters just laid off 2,000 people. And you know what? That's kind of like when a restaurant closes down. A friend of mine who was in a restaurant business says, well, and they didn't close down because they were serving too many meals and making too much money. <laughs> Reuters didn't lay off 2,000 people because they were getting too many clicks and breaking too many stories. That's right. The layoffs in the mainstream press, and I predict they will never recover from this fraud, this betrayal, this treason. They are never going to recover. The lay wait until 2017. The layoffs are going to be stunning. It's it's going to be stupefying how bad this is going to get for them for this. Well, Especially, I think they're required. I mean, are they not required given the fact that? Uh, We've got this, uh, this organ of, of the, uh, machine out there, you know? I mean, self-inflicted wounds, right? Without question. I'm, I'm telling you that, that people should look at this like a pure old-fashioned fraud case. Shareholder fraud. Anybody who has any of these legacy media companies, sell, sell, sell. Sell, sell, sell. They can't tell the truth. They can't, they lie by omission. They have phony stories. The CNN did a story about how uh, Trump uh, was uh, stalking her. As soon as they saw it, I what? I watched the whole debate. I watched every debate. And I thought, what? Stalking her? They were both walking all over the stage. The picture they shot was her walking over across the stage with him in the background. He didn't stalk her. Oh, it's really creepy. It's absolutely unbelievable. The fake and phony stories. And I'll tell you, when I was at the, you know, you asked me, was I embarrassed? Oh, no, man, I'll tell you, when I ever, right? Did any story? Uh, listen, we transcribed every interview. This idea that you know there was Michael Wolf in the USA Today was uh, you know well, we, you know they all wrote op-ed pieces about how they had to stop Trump. It was their duty, which is total, totally, total BS. Right. Your duty is to tell the truth. 
Your duty is to be a fair arbiter of the truth. And when you look at the crimes, uh, I mean, Watergate, let's go back to Watergate. Let's go back to Clinton. Nixon erased 18 minutes tape. There was no national security breach, period, the end. Right. Nobody made any money. He didn't have a global charity fraud, period. Hillary Clinton, multiple servers. She was extremely careless. I thought Comey set us all up that first time in July that he was going to charge her and should have. He's a liar. He's incompetent. He's corrupt. He is compromised. He's a buffoon. He's made the FBI look buffoonish and weak. I have never seen, and I've, uh, Greg, I've worked uh, as an operational and informational asset with the Department of Justice and the FBI. And I have never, I've never seen the morale, this this torn, the, the rank-and-file uh, agents ready to just, you know, they, uh, look, they won't even, the, the department heads won't even talk or won't even say good morning. Half of them won't even say good morning to Comey, just as an FYI. I'll tell you what, he's up to his ass. He better hope and pray hope Trump doesn't win because if he doesn't, he's, he, he may be a co-conspirator. He may be, uh, he, he definitely, uh, he abdicated his duty. He did not do his duty. He broke his oath. Yep. People are having this uh, bizarre, uh, you know, idea that, well, you know, he didn't charge it because Obama could, uh, you know, pardon her. And uh, you don't take a chance with the president of the United States. You should have charged her ass in July. That was your Amen. duty. What do you think about the uh, alleged internal revolt with the FBI and Patriot Movement that said that if the FBI doesn't come forward with the evidence on Clinton that they would, um, and and yet, you know, here's a day later after the FBI closed the investigation and we still haven't... Well, yeah, where, where the hell's a revolt, uh, Greg, that, that everyone was expecting? There is no revolt. Uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, well, he's gonna, he hasn't closed the investigation on the Clinton Foundation. They're not going to do anything on that. Huh. I mean, this is this is treason. This is treason. She had private servers. It was so negligent. It was treasonous. People died because of her. We had an asset in Iran that got killed because his name went through her idiotic uh, server with no uh, uh, protection on it whatsoever. Totally unprotected. She took right. treasonous bribes from foreign countries. She has a global charity fraud. I had uh, Charles Artell on talking about it. Total global charity fraud. It's you know it's hundreds of billions. It's uh, it's tens of billions of dollars. It's not two yes. billion. It's tens of billions. It, it's a it's a flat out charity fraud, which is the easiest thing. That was that would be the thing that that is pay pay to play is harder to prove. But charity fraud, no, no. The you're, the, you, the onus is on the uh, on the Clintons to prove that's not a charity fraud. And they can't do it. This this is perhaps the worst criminal enterprise, or the most obvious criminal enterprise I've ever seen. Greg, we we've got a minute before the break. Um, I, James I just Caltrum, wanna... uh, former assistant yeah, director, agrees with you. He calls it a quote huge, huge criminal conspiracy. End quote. Well, why? You know, you mentioned Bob Woodward uh, here. He's a in, douche. In... Well, thank I'd you. I'd never be anywhere where he's speaking, and I get to talk. Okay, and I'm glad, yeah. I mean, seriously, for, for him to do what he's doing or not doing, um, yeah. Get back your Pulitzer. Exactly. You're a weasel. 
What, what has changed? Which, no, 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 no. Boy, this is a fantastic interview. We're, uh, folks, are, we're so, we're so blessed to have with us Greg Hunter, usawatchdog.com. Greg Hunter Unplugged. I mean, I love this guy. Don't this guy is passionate. Help me remember yeah, that. Oh, yeah. I hear this. Yeah. When we get back, when we get back okay. here in about uh, three minutes, we're going to get into the 9-11 story. Greg Hunter, folks, you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Follow us on the social networking and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. As after all, we're looking dapper. Can you just check a, check us out right here on YouTube? And don't forget tomorrow, the six hour election special live, CanadaFreePress.com streaming there as well as YouTube live and all of our regular venues. We're going to be right back with Greg Hunter right after this. This edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We are joined this hour with for, with Greg Hunter from USAWatchdog.com. Now, before the break, we were talking about a number of things, and uh, Greg, I want to give you an opportunity to tell your story on this side. Uh, this 9/11 story. We are all ears over here. Yeah. Uh, well, well, first of all, I wanted to complete one thought, and that is the idea that that reporters like Michael Wolf saying reporters in USA Today, Michael Wolf, are doing this of their own volition. Oh, really? The inmates are running the asylum. Uh, that you know that they had an op-ed piece in the New York Times saying that what they had to do it, it was their it was their it was their duty. Let me tell you something: how tightly controlled the networks are, the newspapers are, and I, and I know this for a fact. I could ne- I would never pitch a story for Donald w- Trump's women. I would never pitch the stupid stories that they did. Number one, what what does this have to do with the election? I mean, maybe Trump University, sure, yes, that would be a legitimate story. But these women, I couldn't source it. I, once you started putting this to scrutiny, there's no way I would I, I would kill the story. I would say, there's no damn way I could do this story. You're going to look stupid doing this story. You know, if, if you have witnesses or whatever, you can't, you can't make this story fly. All that to say this. When I did a story, we transcribed every word of every interview. We would write a script. I, my producers, we would write a script. We would send the script and all the transcribed interviews to the lawyers, to standards, to legal. They would look at what we chose in terms of sound bites, and then they would look at the uh, overall uh, transcript of what was actually said, and then they would sometimes correct us or a- add additional information. We'd, I'd never do a soundbite where I cut it off and made it look like uh, the person was saying one thing or doing another thing. I would never do that. And so that's how tightly controlled this is. For them, for anybody to think that the reporters, the inmates are running the asylum, you're crazy. Management knows all about this. Shelley Ross was the uh, uh, the. Um, the uh, what do you call it? The executive producer of Good Morning America. I never walked by the control room down there in in Times Square and said, "Hey, Shelly, you're going to love my story on you know exploding airbags or on uh, you know uh, uh, you know deploying mill fraud in the military. You're going to love seeing it for the first time." Uh, I just put this up myself. I'm just going to. I gave the tape to the to the producer. It's back there in the back. You're going to love it after it rolled. That never happened. It was super tightly controlled. 
So anybody right. that does a thing, and any of the stuff that these people did, not a single filing, firing, not a single firing. You know, David Muir at these parties, and uh, you know all these top people at ABC, NBC, CBS at these parties. These parties for um, for uh, you, you know Clinton's kickoff party uh, for her campaign. You know, two or three days ago, top operatives in the kick. No way. There's no way you should do that. Uh, it, it, unbelievable. I was uh, on the Forbes ship. This is after he um, ran for uh, president. So he, there was no political nothing. He wasn't involved in anything. He just had a party, Steve Forbes. Right. And uh, he actually used to date uh, Marilyn Monroe. My wife knew that. She's my working girl. And he said, just uh, his dad did. Steve oh, Forbes' whoa. dad did. Dated Marilyn. Oh, okay. I, 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 excuse okay. me. Uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, uh, National Velvet. Uh, Cleopatra. What's her name? Um... um Oh, come on. Big star. She did National Veil, but she was Cleopatra. Uh, you, uh, um, come on. There are Before my time. Come on. Help me out. Yeah, I know uh, who you're talking hair, about. Okay. Beautiful. She had not Liz Taylor. As, as a perfume. Uh, Liz Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, there we go. Elizabeth Taylor. Let me Forbes tell you, before your time, if you saw a picture of Elizabeth Taylor when she was like 23, holy cow, there's no wonder why she was Not, be, not before anyway, my time, but okay, the, yeah, the I got you. The long and short right. of it is, at the end of the day, I mean, he was a Steve Forbes, he had a helicopter on the top deck, he was giving rides, I was telling my wife, you know, no, we, we, we can't take any rides, we can't do that, we can't, we can have dinner, that's it, that's all we can do, but he wasn't, and he didn't have any political, he had already ran for president, and he wasn't going to, there was nothing there, I mean, at the end of the night, he gave everybody swag bags, oh, can't take that, I'm sorry, Steve, we can't take that, right. uh, but that's Thank you for having for having us over for dinner. Had everybody with a limousine. This is everybody at ABC and CNN and and uh, and the, the business and the CNBC and uh, I guess Bloomberg was there at the time. I don't know if Fox Fox was there and started their business channel yet. They were sending everybody home in limousines. My wife and I hooked it out to the street down on West End Avenue or 11th, I guess, down that far, and uh, we took a cab home. Okay. Right. But there is no way that not a single person has been fired. Donna Bazell, you know, the second time that she had questions, now there's multiple times. You know, they, they didn't let go of her or she didn't quit until the second. Why didn't they fire her the first time? Why didn't any of these people get fired? You're talking Why about CNN now, right? Not a single C person got fired yeah. or reparated or, or uh, you know, hey, you're going to lose two weeks' pay. Go home. Nobody, nobody, not a single person got fired. That means management is fully behind it. That's my point. Wow. The management of ABC, NBC, CBS, USA Today, uh, you know, Wall Street Journal fired this uh, reporter, DaCosta, who dared to ask Janet Yellen, hey, uh, you had slipped out information and people made money on it. Then you, you uh, in, in, uh, in short, I'll give you the clip notes, you stopped an uh, investigation in the Senate, uh, you know, to, to figure out what happened. He got fired at the Wall Street Journal. Got fired. <laughs> Nobody, not a single person. So I just want to tell you guys that this isn't the reporters. The reporters, I know I was one. And I was at a pretty, I, I didn't do here tip, see tip, run, you know, oh, there's a fire. Uh, oh, there's a drought out here in California. Uh, I didn't do any of that stuff. I did stuff that was, you know, the TV stuff that people went, oh, I can't believe you said that. You know, I can't believe you put that on the air. And so, uh, and uh, I, it is super tightly controlled. The reporters do not run the operation. They do not whack the tail. Everything right. is tightly controlled. That's why this is fraud. So anybody that gives you the idea, oh, well, it's the reporters in their own volition. No, no, no. The inmates do not run the asylum. My 9-11 story. 
Go for it. So I'm out. I did a dishwasher story involving General Electric. Oh, it was a great story. They, you know, they left. The, they had a recall, but they only had a recall for for apartment complexes, and they only uh, they had over a million uh, dishwashers, and they would catch fire, and there's all kinds of, of fires all that. over the place. Fires, yep. and the switches would stay on. If you ever have a dishwasher, always leave the thing unopened to you, where it doesn't close all the way because it disconnects it. But they had a bad circuit in the thing. They had a video. I love video. I love video to fix something. You know, it shows that they know that's going on, right? So you, it's not, you have to make it up. You know, I, everything I did was so, such a tight case. I mean, I had to act, every word I had to, I had to make sure everything was perfectly done. And so I do this story about the, the, uh, the dishwashers. I'm out in uh, Colorado, uh, doing the story, uh, and, uh, uh, about how that they were recalling it for some, but not for most people, left the dishwashers in their houses. And they, I went, and we, I dug up fire. I had to do all this research to find all the fires that were, that were, uh, the, the point of origin was the dishwasher, the General Electric dishwasher. Anyway, I killed it. And the day I came out with that story, I thought, wow, I killed this story. And I left the studio, and that was 9 11. And I'm out in, I don't know, wherever the, the Air Force Academy is. And, I, and I'm out, and we're going to our next story because that's why I was out there doing a live shot from the from the place out there and I actually had to turn around the Air Force Academy it gets better hold on I had to turn around the Air Force Academy and said some planes just flew into some buildings and this is not a joke I, I'm just going to turn around here but you may want to you know you may want to be on guard and this was they, they had sidearms I mean they were really I said really I said, don't take my word for it I'm with ABC I'm Greg Hunter um, just call your, your bosses it's on TV right now and then I turned around and left well I I had I was out in in, um, in Colorado Springs and where the Air Force Academy is, uh, Colorado Springs. And uh, you know, all of a sudden, all the planes, poof, boom, nobody's flying, grounded everything. And so I go to the airport and I try to rent a car, and that was a, the body style change from 99 the Lumina to the Chevy Impala, and I, I want to rent a car. I need to, where are you going? I'm going, I'm, I'm driving across the country. Uh, well, where are you going? I, well, I'm going to New York. Well, where in New York? Well, New York City. Oh, well, we're, you will rent you a Lumina, but we're not going to rent you a new Impala. That's what they read to me. So I drove across the country, and for two days, or for 24 hours, because my wife was in New York, and I was freaking out, and I had to get home to her. And so I'm driving across the country, and I never see any of this video now. I, have ne I, I didn't see it until the next year. I didn't see any of the video of the planes hitting the buildings. I'm just hearing the description. I'm thinking to myself, that is a freaking super fun sight. I mean, mm. these things turn to powder. Yeah. At two buildings turned to powder. I know one of them has uh, asbestos in it. They, I think they have both have asbestos. Nope, only one. Only one had asbestos in it. Only one had asbestos for 30 floors. You know how I know that? Because I start looking into doing a story, and I'm thinking to myself, when I get home, then all the video of these guys on this damn pile down there burned for a 1,000 hours. I lived four miles north of it on 63rd and West End. It burned for a thousand hours. I went down to Spencer, who was the uh, attorney general. I'm sorry he had all that stuff. He was actually a pretty good attorney general. He helped me with the dishwasher fire, incidentally. Uh, but he, you know, he had his, you know, his his deal. Uh, but he was a nice guy. He was a good attorney yep. general. He just had, you know, women things, right? That yep. He liked to, you know, with the whole Dupree. You know, oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't want to get into that. If I, I saw the building from his office, uh, you know, 
right? And I'm thinking, there all these people are down here, and I start doing research on it. Okay, so it's all research-driven. So you don't walk in and just do a story at the networks. You have, it's like a, doing a movie. You have to budget for it. You have to know who's going to say what. Um, you're going to do a story. Who's your expert? Uh, the top, uh, the top uh, uh, occupational therapist at uh, Caesar Sinai Hospital. I call over to him. I can't remember his name. His, his, uh, he was his uh, uh, mentor who he worked with. This is how I know there's only 30 uh, floors of asbestos in the world in Tower One. Uh, he figured out that uh, asbestos caused cancer. And they were spraying the posts in there, and it was wafting over to Brooklyn. So they stopped doing that. So only 30 floors had asbestos. That didn't stop the buildings from falling down. I think it's, there's all kinds of stuff that the government story doesn't match. But, uh, but anyway, so I'm thinking to myself, so I said, but he said, but only 30 floors on this one building. But shit, that's enough, he says. He says, and I'll tell you something else. There's so many PCBs and heavy metals and everything down there. That's a super fun site. That was his words. That's a super fun site. I said, well, what about the guys down there with the, you know, the little paper mask? He said, oh, oh hell, you might as well wear a sock on your face. It's nothing. You might as well wear nothing. Everybody down there needs to have a full respirator. At the very least, they really all need to be in hazmat suits. Now, 20 blocks away, no. But on that pile, all those first responders, I said, holy crap. Will you say that on the air? He said, yeah. So I write this thing up. Boom, boom, boom. It's a super fun site. They need to have full respirators. It's contaminated like hell. All those people. You know, only, uh, just so you know this, I'm taking you back now. Uh, I know this for a fact. You know, they, all, they, they were already down there at the hospitals for this massive amount of casualties. You know how many people came to the hospital? I think 12. You either got out or you died. Period. And I write this story up, and I pitch it to ABC Good Morning America. I pitch it to World News Tonight. And I'm running around town. Before I go down, because I'm thinking, oh, shit, I'm going to be sent down there. I'm going to be sent down. It's still burning. It burned for three weeks after I got back into town. thousand hours. I'm thinking, hell, I'm going to be sent down there. So I'm going around to Genovec Hardware. That's the hardware store up there. I don't know if it's still there. And I'm buying these um, these respirators that have these screw-on metal cartridges that are down to five microns. I have to know all this stuff. That's how, how good it has to be. Something you could paint a car in. And I'm running around buying this stuff because I think, oh, my God, I, you know, I got extra cartridges. I, I, you know, I expensed it through ABC. I'm going to have to get sent down there. I need to go talk to uh, Mayor Giuliani. He's going to have to put a kibosh on that and get everybody who's down there is going to have to have a damn respirator. They killed. They wouldn't do the damn story. I had the, I had the top occupational therapist at Caesar Sinai Hospital, who told me that was a damn Superfund site. Oh, hell yeah, everybody needs to have a respirator. What happened to those firefighters? Exactly. How many lives... Bing, 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 bing! Uh, I couldn't get right. World News tonight to do it. They thought I was crazy. I could, Then you had, the, what's his name, Christy Tide Women. Oh, it's safe down there. You lying bitch! Ooh. You liar! People got sick. Hundreds of first responders got sick. Those people were dead. They weren't going to come back. The people that we had to protect were the first responders, and we didn't do it. And I had the story nailed damn down. I had it. People wouldn't have liked it. You know, they were, oh, Wall Street, we've got to get Wall Street back and running. No, you don't. It's all about the money, isn't it, uh, Greg? Well, and the ABC would not. Probably, they would probably tell you that uh, I expensed the uh, stuff. This is, what, 15, 16 years ago. I couldn't believe it. I called over to World News Tonight. I finally said, well, here, I'll, let me give you the respirators. Everybody should have them. They had them stolen out of the truck. 
What happened to all those firefighters? What happened to all those first responders? I had a friend of mine I gave one to that I bought with my own money and said, here, I'm not going to be sent down there. Uh, they're not going to send me down there. Other people were, Don Daler, who worked at Good Morning America, was sent down there. I don't know what happened to him. Uh, all the, uh, you know, all the first responders, all, what, hundreds of people got all these freaky cancers and all this stuff. Every damn cadaver dog died within a year from down there. Yep. Uh, a lot of funerals, Greg. And, uh, uh, in fact, I had uh, that story and they passed on it. They wouldn't even yes. talk to me. They wouldn't. I, I wrote it all up. This wasn't just some, some, I worked on it. I knew all these details. I had respirators. I knew how many microns they were good to. I had the top, uh, you know, uh, uh, MD, incidentally. He was an MD at Caesar Sinai Hospital. Pretty good source, don't you think? I would think uh, you'll so. You'll say this on camera. Yes, I will. Yes. We needed to go. I said, well, it's a simple story. You hit him on camera. You go down there to see all these people with no damn mask on. Uh, you go to the mayor's office. It's not his fault. It wasn't really his fault. He's not evil. He just didn't know what the hell was going on. And you say, hey, you need to get a truckload, a plane load of respirators in here the pronto tomorrow. Meanwhile, listen, those people are dead. Just stop it. Stop. Get those people off that pile. But oh, hell well, I no. Well, well Greg. Mm. Greg, look, look, listen, uh, Hillary Clinton figures into this as well. When she was, and tell me if you, uh, covered this aspect of the story. When she was senator of New York, there were, there was ear, money earmarked for air conditioners, air cleaners. Um, I mean, we're talking, I think, two billion dollars of state funds, uh, federal funds combined, matching funds to, um, dispatch. Was she elected 2000? Is she, was she, she yes. Yeah, 2000? 2000, uh, right, 2000, uh, uh, yeah, she, she was yeah, a uh, U.S. senator. 2000 uh, to 2006. Something like that, right, right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Now, now there was, did you, do you know about, about her activities with respect to the, the, the money I don't there? Know, I don't know about her. I don't know about that, that part of the story. I, all I know is about the story that was the most critical down there was when it was burning and when they were on the pile. When all right. those first responders were down there, every one of them should have had minimum should have had a, a full respirator on and and replaced the cartridges probably daily. They should have been checking the cartridges to yep. see how fast they were filling up. You know, there would probably be lead and heavy metal and PCBs and asbestos and you know, I mean, thirty floors on Tower One. You think, oh, it's only thirty floors? That was a lot of asbestos. Oh, heck yes. There was a lot of stuff down there. It was a super fun site. I'm telling you, it was horrible. And, uh, and he said, well, at least in a 20 block radius. You know, out past that, it would probably dissipate pretty good. But the guys on the pile, the people on the pile. And, and, said, you, oh, yeah, and you had that story. You had that without story. Question. Yes, without question. I had that and, story. How would and, I remember and, that kind of detail if I didn't do all this well, research? No, because, no, because I, our stories lived and died on what's he going to say? Because, you know, you never saw this. You never saw this. You never saw Mike Wallace, you know, say, stop, stop, stop the interview. Hell, I didn't know that. Well, this is in this story. That never happened. Right. That never happens because you know what they're going to say, basically. Not that you're going to tell them what to say, but you pre-interview them. And then you ask them, will you say that or something like that? You'll say that on camera. You'll stand by that statement. Oh, yeah. You'll say that on camera. Yes. Mm. Okay. I mean, I had this. I had the quotes down. I said he'll say this or something like it, not because I told him to say it, because I was interviewing. Well, tell me about what's going on. Tell me about how bad it is. Tell me, and I'm writing down. I said I'm doing the pre-interview. I'm doing the research for it, so we don't look stupid. 
I would have gone to, I would have got an interview with Rudolph Giuliani and said, hey, and I'm sure he would have said, oh, hell yeah, oh, my, I didn't know that. Mm. Who would have known that? Nobody knew that. Christy Potter Whitman should have known that. She should have known that. She was the head uh, of the Oh, team. yeah. Oh, she, yeah. she was the head. They had the snifters out there. Where'd they put the snifters? Here's another scam. You know where they put the snifters? You know, so basically, law, uh, uh, Manhattan is an island, and it yep. basically goes north to south. Okay, right. not quite perfectly, but so the wind blew, you know, west to east. That's why when uh, you know uh, Brooklyn is east of uh, Manhattan, uh, and that's why when they were spraying the towers with asbestos, it was wafted over into Brooklyn, right? And so, but you know where they put the, the snifters from the EPA? They put it on the western edge of Lower Manhattan. Oh, hey, it's great! Look at this glare's clean. Sure was. was you might as well stuck them in the Poconos. I mean, That's really. Right. You might as well stuck him in a Poconos. It was unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, mean, I was down there. I was down there just right after 9-11 happened. I, uh, in the, uh, it stunk. My God, uh, you didn't have a respirator. I went down one time with my wife, and she yeah, started coughing. Cough for days afterwards, and we weren't even right on the pile. Yeah. It, it, yeah, you, you you even got within a block, well, a couple blocks of that, and you could smell, I mean, um, it was horrible. Wow. Those people died, and they we, there's unbelievable amounts of pain and suffering and cancer and stuff could have been, uh, could have been <laughs> greatly, at the very least, and I'm not a doctor, but come on, it burned for a thousand hours. So, you know, if you had that in a zone down there where everybody had a respirator, well, they wouldn't have opened Wall Street in a week now, would they? Because it was right down there. It was the, 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 right. the, 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 the MD, the occupational, head of occupational, uh, uh, occupational research uh, at uh, Caesar Sinai Hospital. We gave it a 20-block radius, about a 20-block radius. Well, 20 blocks mm -hmm. in New York City, people don't realize that 20 blocks is one mile. Okay. 20 blocks is one mile. So when you look at, oh, wow, well, I'm at, uh, ooh, I'm at, uh, you know, uh, 63rd and West End, and that's all the way up in, you know, 85th Street. That's a little more than a mile. Mm -hmm. So that was a mile. So that was how big the radius was. Well, Wall Street, that was right. Yeah, that was Wall Street was in that. <laughs> yeah. And so that was terrible. I mean, that was horrible. I had a friend of mine working at the Federal Trade Commission down at the very, very tip of uh, Manhattan. I mean, back where the one and nine, you know, came down and circled around underground, and she was basically sat on top, nearly on top of the one and nine. She was down the day it happened. And I gave her a respirator and said, please, please, no matter what anybody tells you, listen to me. You wear this thing every time you get off that train and every time you walk, you know, whatever she did. Anyway, that's my 9-11 story. Thank God. Wow. Well, well uh, i got to tell you, it's an important story. And, and, folks, I hope you understood and heard exactly what he said, because I've heard this from first responders. Dave from Long Island, who, who calls our show occasionally. Uh, there's his story right there. Greg, we only have about uh, seven minutes left of the show. I can't believe it. Uh, you were, <laughs> this has gone by like a flash. But i got to get your take. Uh, what's your take on tomorrow? What's your take on on the election i know i think i know i think we know how you feel about the the clinton criminal cabal <laughs> well listen i you know you have to have uh when you're doing stories you have to have uh, uh that's what standards and practices was what you know was you know who where do you put your resources because you got to do a story on everything and you really have a person i'm not a democrat and i'm not a republican uh and uh but uh but what they did to donald trump was so awful. I did nothing but cover this. And USA Today was my poster child for, for fraud. 
I even called USC Today several times and, and, and got statements from them about what they were doing. I mean, they had one thing, and I still have it inside my desk. I mean, this is a fraud. Clinton you, Nation. Remember that front page article? You were holding up USA Today. Of, uh, yeah. 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 Remember that? Like they were, like yeah. they were trying to. Oh, incidentally, the uh, chief uh, information officer, or chief content officer, uh, she's on the council on the floor. We're like sending a jo- Joanna or something Lipman, uh, and uh, Clinton Nation. Right. I said, you've got to be kidding me. I still have it here, right here in my in my hot credit. Seven twenty five sixteen. Clinton, as if there was a uh, overall arching uh, desire for Hillary Clinton, and that's not true. And is Trump? Does Trump say stupid stuff sometimes? He say, "Oh God, I can't believe he said that." Yes, but listen, he didn't commit forge, perjury and national security breaches and take bribes from foreign countries and ran a global charity fraud. I mean, you can't. It's unbelievable. So I think that the, you know, the president talking about how oh, uh, illegals can vote. Uh, it's, he's telling illegal aliens to. to <laughs> illegal, that's another thing they said. Undocumented at CNN. No, they're not undocumented. They're illegally here. Yes. Undocumented. Yeah. No, they're not undocumented. They're illegally here. And uh, him telling, I just think there's a smell of desperation. I think that uh, I had Cliff High on, and he said, you know, listen, they, you could just, just by just by simple metrics, I mean, Trump's beating uh, Clinton by 25 to 1. Uh, he is killing her by 10 to 1. Uh, are they going to try to steal it? Are they going to? Um, uh, they, I think they are absolutely freaking out. They settled this transit strike in, in Pennsylvania. I don't think there's any early voting there. Uh, they settled this transit no. strike. Uh, I don't think that's going to help. I think. I think he's going to win it and win big. And I think you do because I. I don't think Hillary Clinton. They don't like her. I mean, look. They won't even cover her. Her. her uh, Trump had it right when he said she has to have Jay Z and Beyonce. Uh, you know, with her on stage. Otherwise, nobody's going to come. They had. Um, they had what's his name in Cleveland. Um, uh, LeBron, LeBron James. James. Yeah. And they got yeah. Drew thirty four hundred. <laughs> I mean. That, yeah. How yeah. many would they have drawn if you would LeBron James would have been there? <laughs> I mean, think about that. I mean, True. the guy that won an NBA championship came home to win an NBA championship. He's a legend. Um, I, I think he's misguided by voting for her because black people have done terrible uh, under the under these policies. I mean, they just look at any metric you can look at. But what okay. my take on it is they've been unbelievably unfair. They have pulled out all the stops. Not a single person has gotten fired because they are desperate. They are desperate and they are freaking out. Because they, he was never supposed to, Trump was never supposed to do this well. I think he'll make a pretty good president, frankly. He just has to be fair, and he has to have good people around him. Amen and I think that. what they're going to try to do, the neocons, they're going to try to load his, um, this is what Paul Craig Roberts told me, and I thought it made sense, because he was in a Reagan administration. He says, I took a, it took Paul Craig Roberts a long time. He was a father of Reaganomics. Uh, right. You know, he, he was, right. a, you know, got, got the economy going. He says, my day, you know, well, we used to step our foot on the gas for six months and let our foot off. And what's this, how long is this going on? What, seven years? <laughs> I mean, that's how bad the economy is. But I think it'll be a good president. But I, but the other thing, and this is the sad thing, that we are really hiring somebody to to pilot the ship when it's rubbing on the rocks and waves are coming over the bow, and because it's going to be rough sailing, it, it, we're going to have a horrible 2017, 2018. It's going to be rough, and how ha- and whoever is going to be at the helm is going to just have a really tough time. I mean, we're going to lose probably a world reserve currency status. If not, we're going to have a major challenge with the yuan that just got put into the basket of uh, SDR, special drawing rights currencies. Um, I think people may sell our bonds on the 9th, 
there may be a big panic going on. I had a, uh, one of my viewers said, hey, you know, my bank card said, my bank told me that my app that where I bank wasn't going to work from the 9th to the 14th. Oh, wow. I think Wells Fargo is in big trouble. Uh, they wouldn't have committed all this fraud. This is my opinion. I, they wouldn't have committed all this fraud. There was a zero hedge story that said they lost, I don't know, 10 or 15 percent of their, of their, of their base. They had a, basically a soft bank run. Yep. Um, I, I think the banks are in horrible shape. I think that Wells Fargo being you know sucked up by a uh, J.P. Morgan like uh, WAMU was is not going to be almost impossible to happen. There'll be a lot of losses. Uh, there's going to be big disruptions no matter who is elected. But I hope it is Donald Trump. Just because I I am now in the camp of I hate the mainstream media. I am disgusted by them. They have fallen so far from what they were, and I I don't need to work for them, and I'm never going to work for them again. I'm never going back. From what I've seen, Greg, cooperation. I can say what the hell I want. I can say what needs to be yep. said. And from what we've seen, from, from uh, everything I've seen from you, read from you, you've got one terrific organization, one terrific enterprise. And uh, folks, I would urge everyone, everyone, to listen to Greg Hunter. Watch him. I love your reports, by the way. And I, you're, listen, you're I always... to close with one thing I wanted to tell you about. Go ahead. Fire away. And I'm not going to read it to you. But I am going to tell you that, uh, and I am not ashamed of being a Christian, okay? And I'm not a preacher, but you need to go read Psalm 140. You need to read Psalm 140. Lord, rescue me from evil people. Preserve me from those who are violent. Oh, you mean like the uh, dirty tricks they were pulling with Trump rallies? Uh, their tongues uh, sting like a snake. Their poison of a viper drips from the lips. Oh, Lord, keep me out of the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from those who are violent and who are plotting against me. Uh, the proud have set a trap for me. They have stretched out a net. They have placed traps all along the way. Lord, I say, you are my God. Listen, Lord, to my cries of mercy. Sovereign Lord, my strong Savior, you protected me on the day of battle. Lord, do not get into their evil desires. This is the point that gets really cool. Uh, do not. This is written before Christ. Do not let their evil schemes succeed. Let my enemies be destroyed by their very evil they have planned for me. All these phony polls, all this fake news, all this stuff. Uh, let burning coals fall down on their heads or throw them into the fire or into deep pits from which they cannot escape. Don't let liars prosper here in our land. Cause disaster to fall with great force on the violent. But I know the Lord will surely help those who... They persecute. He will maintain the rights of the poor. Surely the godly are praising your name, for they live in your presence. Psalm 140. That was from the New Living Translation Bible. It could have been written yesterday. Amen to that. Greg, you, you've been fantastic. Thank you for closing out with Psalm 140. I would urge everyone to open your Bibles to that passage. Watch Greg Hunter. To check them out, usawatchdog.com. Greg, thank you so much for appearing with us tonight. God bless you, and uh, may on. God keep you safe. All right, brother. Thank you. Folks, we'll be back tomorrow it. with our six-hour election coverage starting 6 p.m. Eastern time. Until then, stay safe. God bless. Have a good night.